Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk a bunch of animated shows and movies here with new podcasts every other Wednesday. Find everything about us at OverlyAnimated.com. I'm your host, Dylan Heisen, and I'm joined today by Michelle Ander. Hello. And April Collins. Hi there. Today, we are back to talk about our favorites of the year in TV animation, the best of 2020 TV animation, so more of a broad topic where we can get into a bunch of stuff that was our favorites from this year, in addition to first starting out with some uh, new things that have premiered, uh, specifically uh, the Adventure Time Obsidian special, Onyx Equinox, the new Animaniacs, and then we're going to do a catch-up segment on Craig of the Creek. So a lot of things to get to in the beginning, and then we're going to move over into some of our favorite things of the year and um we're doing a topic on the best of 2020 that means this year is almost finally over yeah Uh, (laughs) finally what do you guys what do you guys think it's i mean not we're almost december for us but december when this is released um it's uh yeah the the the, what has been deemed by some on this podcast to be our year in uh in in some in some ways uh (laughs) not not in general but about the the queer of that but uh it's 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 coming to an end it was a great year of um of animation and a lot of stuff we've talked about on this podcast you know despite the the overall year situation but we do (laughs) would would you guys agree yes yeah how are we? How are we uh, doing uh, into December now this year? Like personally, yeah. Like in terms of our <laughs> lives, or in terms of animation? Uh, I, I guess in terms of your lives. <laughs> well, uh, so because um, I know, like you know, we always talk about what we've been watching and everything like that. So I'm sad that I've only really like seen one new thing that's come out. But the reason for that is because I started a new job. Yeah. So I'm out of the unemployment game, which Congrats. is exciting. So yeah. that is very exciting. I um, know. Yeah. So finally, too busy to have have. Yeah, I, stuff. It, it's weird because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch all of these things, and then I'm like, when am I gonna watch all of these things? Yeah, that that that's that helpy. Um, with uh, that, that, that's we're in a lighter format here. We're not going to necessarily have seen everything right away. That's what I was thinking too. With uh, what's on this, yeah, Michelle, you doing good? Uh, yeah, as good as can be. Yeah, yeah, this, as good as can be. Holding in there. That's how what I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll. Uh, I mean, I think I thought that was um, and it is like, oh wow, we're really talking about the the getting into our best of. So um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it is. I will say, like, this year, unlike any other, has felt both, like, twice as long and, and three times as short at the same time. So it is, like, going into December, it's like, oh, my God, it's December? And there's a lot of mixed emotions there, which yeah. makes sense. Like, looking at all these shows, it's like, did all these shows really air just <laughs> this year? I, yeah, did you I know this is the same This feeling. is the same year that Infinity Train Book, book 2 aired? I, I can't! Yeah. I, like, literally, I thought, like, oh, that came out, like, last fall, right? No, <laughs> no, it didn't. I, I no joke. Whenever I saw like Infinity Train Book Two stuff like show up like on our lists and everything like that, I was like, "No, that didn't come out this year." And I legit looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, April, you're a fool!" Like, 
even yeah. like the Shira stuff, which didn't even end that long ago, it already feels like that was like ages away. And then Owl House has been around forever. It's really, it's been very <laughs> disorienting year for yeah. animation. Kipo and Owl House premiered this year. And oh, uh, no, I agree with Shira. Like that was only like six months ago, but that right? feels like a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. That was like three years ago. Owl House has been around for <laughs> probably eight years. Um <laughs> It's, it's yeah. Since Shira has ended, we've had the, uh, the whole, whole online community hop on Owl House and had significant Owl House developments all in them. Like so, it's yeah, it's felt it felt like a long time. But um, yeah, so we'll we'll, re- we'll get into uh, what has aired this year and recap all of all of that. Uh, let's let's first talk about um, get into this what we've been watching and um, I think we're gonna do this in a different slightly different format from normal we have the four main topics instead of like what specific person has been watching we can do this whenever there's like big things that have aired there just happened to have been uh three kind of big premieres since then and plus i've been waiting to get get into craig since i've been catching up on the show um Good. we'll start with the, the three new things although craig only aired a month ago i think the newest episode mm-hmm. so also newish um but yeah we had the the biggest thing i think everyone's been talking about is the new adventure time distant land special uh obsidian the second of the post series uh, kind of like hour-long specials that are out on hbo max um so obsidian is the big uh princess bubblegum and marceline uh highly anticipated special that's finally aired um so uh a lot of people eager to uh, we're eager to watch it eager to hear what we have to say about it um i think me and michelle have have seen it so uh, Mich- michelle what's your we could start what's your like 30 second or less review to start with for for obsidian this, this is a wonderful obsidian definitely delivered more than i was expecting um especially as someone who hasn't watched maybe the last three or four seasons of adventure time and caught the finale knowing that bubbling was going to be canon and that being the big reason to catch up finally this this was everything i think a lot of bubbling fans and adventure time fans invested in marceline and bubblegum could have wanted it explains so much about their relationship dynamic. Um, and it, it just, like, it fills in so many holes that, like, we we kind of knew. But it's so nice to have, like, the origin story of both of them. Like, not only, like, their relationship, but to the point where it is now where they're both in a much more um, strong, supportive, honest, vulnerable place. And to know that their future is going to be pretty happy that that is so nice and especially because they're a sapphic relationship it's just so nice to have like a happy end to this um and like a, a positive future to look forward to for them but everything was great like the glass like kingdom was amazing glass boy was great um so many good songs i was really impressed by how much a lot of these songs stuck with me after yeah i um, mean how many times i listened to that playlist on spotify like they i'm really it, it really gets the sense that like the team behind um distant lands is like very very concerned with doing as much as they can with like the handful of episodes they have left um and it's really it's really wonderful a a pretty different vibe i'd say from the first one that's centered on bmo but i really obsidian's really good i think it, it, it even stands alone pretty well just because of how much like flashback they give to these characters you don't really need to know who they are at this point to even understand how their relationship has progressed and that's really nice to see too 
Yeah, and I, I agree with that last one. I think even if you've never seen Adventure Time, if you're into like what's uh, like what's up with Obsidian, I think you can watch it. Uh, I know Sarah, Sarah watched yeah. it. She hadn't seen any of uh, any of Adventure Time, and she she enjoyed it. Um, I think the only the biggest thing is like that at last scene. I think you need it really hits if you have context for it. But other than that, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I thought Obsidian was great. Expectations were really high. I'd like. I mean, this is the, <laughs> this is the bubbling special. I it mean, is, it is. I, I, I think, it, like, I'm not going to say this, like, super obse- exceeded expectation, but they're so high that meeting expectations is, like, a coup. Like, this was, like, really good. Um, So, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I have watched all of Adventure Time. I'm more of a casual, but I've long, di- I have liked the, the Marceline Bubbling, re- Marceline Bubblegum relationship, although um, I, I felt distant from it because it's just been so kind of sporadically presented. <sighs> So um, sporadic. Yeah. yeah, and and like the reason for that, you know, it, like it's they started presenting it a long time ago when there was more censorship, and also it's like never been the main focus of the show anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like I think what I wanted from the special most, or I think in I didn't necessarily like think this going in, but like looking back, it's like I feel like this is what I took the most away from it. And that it succeeded in was really filling in those gaps from yes. what was presented in the show. And I'm very happy with how it how it filled in the gaps of all of the the uh, sporadically presented uh, bubbling episodes throughout Adventure Time. I feel like I really do have most of my questions answered here. I think it really flushed it out well. Um, it was it was just very good. I do think the songs are the highlight. Um, I've also been listening a lot on Spotify to Monster, uh, Woke yes. Up. Yeah, those are the main two. Also Eternity With You. Those are the three yeah. uh, really incredible songs. And um, I mean, we got like a... Uh, a, a, like a, a soft bubbling ballad um like and then we also got like a punk breakup song like wow yeah. like so blessed like we got all of that and what a spectrum. Uh, yeah it, it was I, I didn't expect the breakup song like, i feel like that's the biggest like unexpected amazing thing honestly um and uh I, I i wasn't super like as in love with all the crystal kingdom stuff surrounding it i was like mostly like the stuff i loved was the the marceline bubblegum um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the culminating moments right after Monster, I think were really incredible. Also, we saw like domestic moments in the beginning, um, mm-hmm. like really, really amazing. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, d- definitely loved Obsidian. I want to rewatch it at some point. At the very least, I've been listening to the songs a bunch too. Um, so I don't know, like we've Obsidian or for Distant Lands, we've gotten BMO, which was a surprise hit for me. I really loved the BMO special. And then Obsidian was also really incredible. So, um, Pretty, pretty, pretty great job by by Distant Land so far, and we have two more of those coming, presumably next year. Um, yeah, I don't know, Michelle. Any other uh, Obsidian th- thoughts overall? Just really happy. Like I, I agree. Seeing the domestic moments at the beginning was just like them sharing a bed, even just like, and they're just like it's so casual, but it's like such a big deal. And I yeah. feel like those. There are a few episodes I can remember in Adventure Time where they had like kind of. Like a tiny bit of that, but this was just like all in, and it was just so nice to get the confirmation. And I will say, it is it was very nice to finally get an unobscured kiss close up of them. Like that, oh, nothing can replace that feeling, and it's always good. A million times more, it'll always still feel good. So I hope, like it, it just feels like there's so much braver now, and it's like kind of a relief. Yeah, it seems like there was. uh, Yeah, I know. I see. I mean, I I think they went for it in the finale too. It was a more wide shot. I don't know if that was because of censorship. I think it was what they're going for. But um, yeah, I mean, Obsidian. It feels like completely not uh, no constraints, which is so rare. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. the first year we've seen no like th- that feeling of no constraints we get from this from Kipo from Owl House. Mm-hmm. Like that is like never seen that before. 
um, in, in terms of uh, queer relationships in, in kids' animated TV. Um, so, yeah, lo- loved Obsidian. And um, I also, uh, yeah, it's spoiler, but yeah, we had old, hot older Finn coming in at the end. <laughs> oh, and, my God. Um, oh, my God. I love that you just said hot older Finn. Like, I, was, yes. I, was very, I was very distracted. Okay, I but. mean, I was too. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Finn in a beard actually looks pretty okay. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, we're, I guess we're building up to J- Jake and Finn special, but like, uh, yeah, that was, it was a lot at the end. There's so much, a lot of emotions and then that, and it's like, okay, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess I can accept this. Uh, no, I was, oh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely can accept it. I was, I was happy to get all of it. Okay. So that, that's, that's good for, for Obsidian. Uh, what, what do we want to do next? How about on a Onyx Equinox, um, premiered, uh, I'm in... going to watch it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That answers We're going to convince question. you to watch it. Don't worry. Yes. Michelle, have you I, seen the first two episodes? Yes. Okay. Yes. They're yes. both on Crunchyroll, thankfully. Yeah, so it's on Crunchyroll. So Onyx Equinox is a new show created by Sophia Alexander for Crunchyroll about Mesoamerican indigenous peoples and their cult and their mythologies. Um, and it's it's like uh, one of Crunchyroll's new kind of fake anime shows. It's not actually made in Japan or anything. Um, <laughs> you like so like the monsters in particular is so anime i love it yeah no it feels very anime you know uh it is it is you know it is <laughs> like much like all, most shows we cover pre-production in america animated in korea so nothing to do with japan but uh is no it, it is a uh, very very violent and dark and it's an adult show so that's what you should know Ooh, going in so um, much blood a lot of blood a lot i think i think it's the most blood i guess other than castlevania that we've seen from a show we talked about Castlevania is different. (laughs) Castlevania, in my opinion's blood is like very like like it's such a ridiculous show. You like don't even bat an eye when it's really gruesome. But this show takes the blood a lot more seriously. So as a consequence, you feel a lot more uncomfortable every time someone gets (laughs) knifed and starts bleeding for the gods. The open, mostly the opening uh, sequence. Oh, uh, that too. Yeah. uh, I just like that you described it as that the. Every time there's blood, you take it that much more seriously. <laughs> that's how that's how you know the stuff's going down, and especially yeah, especially an animated show. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I think Castlevania is the main thing I was comparing this to at the beginning. Um, yeah, but we can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, switch. Michelle, what do you what do you what do you think of the the first episodes? I I'm actually really excited. I mean, I I was very intrigued when the promotional material started coming out, and I feel bad because like um, seeing the protagonist, all I could think of initially was like, oh my god, it's like a male Cora, like with those eyes and like the hairstyle. It's so similar. This is very much his own show, though. That became very apparent upon watching yeah. the first episode. I think um, so far, I might prefer the second episode just because it it's the first one they packed so much in um it took a couple times rewatching to really get a sense of everything they were setting up because like this show doesn't really seem to want to slow down it's like there's a lot to get through um which in some ways is very exciting but i do think the second one took a lot more time to establish the main character like going through this transition and figuring out how to be like the chosen one even though they very much don't want to be the chosen one they just want to die and that's kind of that's kind of great. I love it. I I feel like like growing up, I spent so much time seeing like these characters who are like, oh, I'm the chosen one. Awesome! Like I can't wait to have my powers. And this kid really doesn't want that. You're at right. All. This is probably the, the most reluctant chosen one we've ever <laughs> the seen. The most yeah. reluctant. And if there wasn't a giant cat 
like forcing it along like this child wouldn't be alive anymore uh i really i will say like i was shocked by how much i love the gods um i love them a lot i i don't know very much about them yet but they're all very distinctive and have such a history and banter with each other in a way it kind of reminded me of like you know greek gods because like they have so many interpersonal relationships uh, and backstory with each other i really got the same sense of like that kind of interconnected like rivalries and stuff from these gods which is really cool um i love the character designs i really i really like the world so far um yeah, like I, I'm pretty high on it. I, I'm also happy that we get to see it every week, so we, you know, we can spend a little time to like process things. Because <laughs> again, the, the first episode, especially, just like it sets up so much for you. It, you really have to kind of take a step back a little bit to process some of it. I feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was. I was. I mean, I was also high, Kylie, anticipating on on Equinox. I love it so far. I'm very high on yeah. it after for two episodes. Um. I think. And yeah, we weren't. I wasn't expecting this to be weekly. I don't think they really said that it was going to be until right before it premiered. But it's nice that it is. Uh, it's airing 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. That's fun. That's and, an odd uh, time. That it's is nice the, though. It's not like 8 p.m. or like. Yeah, we got uh, well, Saturday, by Saturdays 11 a.m. Eastern Ruby, 4 p.m. Eastern Onyx Equinox. Fun Saturday times. Uh, no, it's yeah, and it's uh, the first episode. I think the main thing is that there's just so much going on. Like they have a mm-hmm. lot of mythology and gods and stuff to establish, and it's like very violent. I thought it was very engaging. But it's overwhelming, I think, the first episode. And it, they could have premiered the first two at once because the second episode is such a good co- uh, contrast to the first episode. Yeah. Like, it, and I think it's intentional. I was, list- I was listening to the Companion podcast. They're releasing the same thing. They called it like, a, I think they almost referred to it as a two-part premiere. But um, the, it, it's, it's, the second episode is so quiet. And not like quiet, but it's like so much slower. And yeah. um feels very intentional and uh i think they do work really well together because the only i feel like negative i took away from the first episode is this is a lot and then the second episode is like okay we're slowing down a lot and uh <laughs> a lot more room to breathe so i th- the main uh so i think i think it did wor- work really well the main thing i want to say is like the show is like incredibly gorgeous the animation yes the character designs are so good it's just so pretty watching everything like the animation itself the movement and then yeah the character designs the monster designs everything that's really what's popping most to me so far is how everything looks it's it's uh that action um it's a very good looking show and uh I, I, yeah we we met uh Yautel in the the second episode yeah. he's amazing the cat Yautel Yautel's Re- great really he's mean Yautel. giant cat I'm warming up to the protagonist, but mostly I was excited about the gods and monsters. It's weird because, like, I there are plenty of shows that have like so many monsters you don't really get attached. But I feel like for the amount of monsters we've seen in this show for two episodes, it feels like they really care about all of them. Like even the only one we saw in episode two, I like was the, I was like, wow, like this this is such a wild creation of nature, and I was like really into it. I'm like, oh man, this is a big boy yeah it was it, it's kind of like i actually normally have that reaction but like i i really like the monsters of the show there's there's so like why like they're they're very dramatic like they're designed to be very dramatic they're enormous they're just like the worst thing you'd ever want to see in your life and i really love that commitment the show has to them <laughs> yeah monster monster in episode two is cool i do think the monster designs are going to be one of the, the coolest things about this um yeah i think i think the second episode is really good for izel the protagonist um i thought uh I mean, it, Michelle said, like, all he wants to do is die. That is, like, literal. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. it's very dark. He tries to kill himself and then is just begging to 
that. Like, and it's it's not presented in like a lax way. Like, this is like it's a very sad. heavy it's show. Very yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that's going to be really interesting to see play out throughout um, the the season. But uh, it, at the at the second episode, I think it was yeah, it was very good for him. And um, I know we're still at the beginning, and there's a lot of interesting stuff we're gonna. I think there's like most of the characters. I feel like we probably haven't met yet. Um, yeah. From the so, intro, it seems like there's a bunch more. Yeah, I'm I'm pre-show standing uh, Shanastaku, I think is her. So okay, that's my that's my call. We haven't met her yet, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're <laughs> very excited. That's I, I like uh, calling it which character is going to be my favorite. I think that's our. Uh, the, 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 the Crunchyroll's been hype about the show, so they've released a lot of like pre pre-show information. Um, but uh, excited for the next few weeks to see uh, more of the characters, more of this world, because uh, it's been it's been really good. I think so far. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you good, Michelle, on that? Yeah. I guess, like, last thing I just say is, like, the music really stuck out to yes, me, too. Yes, yes. Especially yeah. for the show. Um, I understand that, like, sometimes I think um, crews prefer music that just, like, elevates the mood of a scene. Um, because, like, I guess the thinking is that if you pay too much attention to the music, it's kind of pulling you out of the immersion of um, the the scene itself but in this case i feel like it did both like it pulled me in but it also like pulled me out in a great way uh and i i like the i've i really am weirdly attached to the ending theme especially it's just really it's just a really nice tender uh song and like i i love that they chose just like a, a really chill drawing style of like kind of domestic um quiet moments because i feel like the more the show goes on the less Ezeal's gonna have of that in his life, so I like that kind of, you know, not tonal dissonance, but just that, like, it, it kind of brings you back to, like, maybe the origin of Ezeal as a character, and, like, maybe bring you back also to, like, the, like, whatever the gods have in store, whatever ruckus they're gonna bring to these poor humans, like, at the end of the day, like, maybe, like, there's something to be said for just, like, humans' relationships to themselves and each other, um, I don't know. That's that's my mini theory right now, but I really like it. Nice. The ending yeah, thing is great. Ending thing, yeah. I'll, I should listen to that again. But yeah, the, the, I, I did really like the music too. I really like the opening uh, song and the the visuals of the opening. I think are, are all really good as well. Um, but yeah, I do I do agree. The music's uh, stuck out uh, so far too. Okay, so we're excited for more Onyx Equinox. That'll be weekly for a while. We'll check on in on that. Um, you know, probably every month or so, maybe similar to what we're doing with Ruby, but. Um, New uh, whole season of the new Animaniacs reboot dropped uh, recently as well on Hulu. Um, I have checked it out and I finished the first season. Um, April, have you you've watched this? I've watched. Okay, I was trying to remember how far I got into it because, like, you know how you just put TV on and then it just keeps going. So I was like, how many <laughs> episodes? A, yeah, I guess that's I- autoplay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that's what autoplay it tricks you. You never know like how many episodes you've actually seen. What's Especially the last you- sketch you saw? How about that? I don't remember. <laughs> they all run together. <laughs> they do. Well, and also because like the show is like a bunch of sketches within itself. Yeah, so, there's, th- like- there's three three segments per show. Yeah. yeah so, but I will say. Um, I, I feel like I've made it all the way through. I honestly don't know. But it's not like you could really spoil anything for me and I would be upset. But it was I it was very like nostalgic for sure. So I I enjoyed it. <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh did I mean did, the last thing is the the first lady song. Did you make it to that? I, I feel like I did. Okay. But I don't good. remember it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you, remember. I'll I'll re I'll rewatch like I'll probably rewatch it just because like and start from the beginning because like the first few episodes that I do remember like I enjoyed them like it's definitely like captured that same like chaotic energy that like from the original uh and I like I like that but I also like that it's got like the twist on it like it's it continues to be like breaking the fourth wall like super like meta and like it knows what it's doing kind of thing like the whole like what is it? Is it like the first sketch where they just talk about how they sold out or whatever? Like, <laughs> yeah, first episode, yeah, they have a, a lot of stuff on reboots. Everything's being rebooted, and then, yeah, um, yeah, the first segment, uh, which they they put up online early, it's like a Jurassic Park uh, parody where it's like, yeah, they're back and all all, all very meta. Um, yeah, yeah, this so is the I, this is the meta show. Yeah, it's like, it's like this is a this is the meta show. Like, I think this is what started it all. <laughs> Because it's just insane. I do remember Brain running for president. <laughs> yeah, I'm he like, would. I'm not like, even surprised. Like, <laughs> but, but you you watched the the original back in the day, April? Yeah, I did. Every day it, nice. it came on TV. So yeah, it was I'm... part of that afternoon like like slot. Like, okay, you got to watch Animaniacs on the WB. You switch over, you catch your Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember the WB? I, I, I vaguely remember. That's a it's while ago. The, it's what the it's CW, CW yeah, used to be. Yeah. <laughs> the, it's, uh, Animaniacs into Sailor Moon. It's an interesting combo. And then oh. Dragon Ball Z was on. Mm, okay. and I did Dragon Ball Z after school. Yeah, I remember that. There was other shows that I just can't think of right now. But I remember The Block. Nice. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I watched Animaniacs as a kid too. I, I I don't remember if it was like in reruns or when it first aired. I was a little young for the when it first aired. But and then Pinky and the Brain, especially, I was a huge fan of. So I didn't I didn't know that every episode of the Animaniacs reboot had a Pinky and the Brain segment. I didn't know that. That I was, thought uh, that was very interesting. Yeah. So I was like, very excited when I because, figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. Because not every like episode in the original had a pinky yeah didn't they i think they did they spin it off into its own show i think so they did yeah Yeah. i think they did because i remember watching peeking in the brain a lot more than animaniacs and it must have had its own slot by then so this this is not just animaniacs reboot it's pinky in the brain reboot every episode is generally it's like two animaniac segments one pinky in the brain segment uh but sometimes they have a different segment like very rarely they have a non-pinky in the brain non-animate not i guess it's not animaniacs is the whole show not warner siblings segment um is a better way of saying it yeah but I, i would say like so i really like the reboot um, I think like most sketch shows, like most, I mean, like I'll say like good sketches, but it's just like if there's like multiple segments per episode, like there's going to be the great ones and those are going to be the ones I would want to talk about. And then the other ones are just like good, you know, it's like fine. Um, so I'll, I'll say like what my favorite ones were, but I didn't think every segment was super amazing, but there are definitely some standout ones. I think even if you are not going to watch all 13 episodes, 13 times three like segments is a lot of stuff to watch. Say watch the first episode. I think it's the best one. Um, it's I the most, agree with it's, that. It's, it's the most meta sure. one. The, I think it is the best Pinky in the Brain segment right away. So uh, I think you could watch the first episode, and then you could maybe watch clips for the other interesting things. But I really, I really like the meta stuff the most, which is like most of the show. But there's also some segments where it's like Pinky in the Brain do. Or not, I mean, I guess Pink in the Brain as well, but the Warner siblings do this historical figure, this like myth. Um, and uh, I think sometimes those are less exciting. Um, 
Also, sometimes we did different animation styles in this one, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It was really interesting. And the show is, like, very gorgeous at times. Um, like, the, the most notable one is there's an anime uh, segment in episode four. <laughs> yes. Where they it's the just... only one I, kn- I know of because of Twitter. It looked amazing. <laughs> it, was, it was really good looking. They just I was floored. They just switched into the anime. And in the middle of this very boring segment, they just go, went into this incredibly yeah. exciting anime thing. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, was this the point of this segment? Or did we throw this in there? I don't even know <laughs> what happened. Like being, like, woken up, like, but not in, like, a bad way. Like... <laughs> Like, yeah, there's always something that, like, if, if it's ever like ho-hum, they're going to bring something out. So I, I think that's a point in favor of this reboot. And um, I think uh, Pinky and the Brain, I really liked seeing Pinky and the Brain right away. That was, I was, like, floored for it coming back. It was, a, I, I, like, I remembered it from being a kid. But over time, I think I appreciated the Warner sibling segments more than the Pinky and the Brain. I think they did less interesting things with the Pinky and the Brain segments. I'll say that. Uh, there's still some good ones. Uh, other notable things that I really liked, uh, there's, like, a, a, a cute style animation segment in episode six. I think they say kawaii at some point. Like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I've written down there's Johnny Thanksgiving Russian drone in episode six. I think it was named Johnny Thanksgiving. They did a lot of Russian stuff. The best segment in the show is in episode 10. There's a, a Russian uh, Animaniacs Go to Russia parody um where they get in some huh. inc- incredible trump russia jokes uh i remember that one that, that's sure. i think that's probably the biggest best one to watch in general um i wrote this down like in episode nine there's a tucker carlson parody but uh there's a lot of political stuff but they're not really i feel like that for the most part they're not actually saying a lot like it's more just like oh here's like a political thing oh we're just having fun i don't think there's a lot of like specific commentary which i felt like it didn't super work that well in a, a turb very turbulent depressing time i think you need to say some basic things when you're doing some satire like so i, I episode like the russian segment i think they actually had specific satire of like trump is obviously colluding with russia so when they say things i think it works better but they didn't always necessarily have a lot to say but there are a lot of uh, political references throughout. I was, gonna, but the original had a lot of political yeah, stuff yeah. in it as well. So I think that's something that's, I guess, like, like I feel like as an adult watching it, like I feel like I'm a little bit more in tune to it, especially you know because I care about the state of the world and all of that. But but I do say like the episode or whenever like they do go to Russia and everything like that. Like I think that. Like, it kind of says something because, you know, like, even in the original, they would poke fun at, like, Russia all the time. And so the fact that they're like, we're still going to do this. We're just going to let you also know that, like, hey, your president is here, like, kind of thing. Like, that kind of stuck out to me at least a little bit. But, I I mean, I, I, I wasn't upset or offended. I just was, I was just like, okay, I see you. Yeah, you know, maniacs. <laughs> yeah, when I say they're doing politicals, I think it's a, it's a positive. Um, except you know, like I, so I think I think the the Russia one's the best one in terms of that. But there's throughout. I was going to say yeah, like it, it is much like the original series in terms of having political references. Um, there's a, a musical segment and about a zit in episode twelve. I thought that was fun. And uh, <laughs> they, the, the last segment is a Doc gets a song finally on uh, the the first ladies of um, of America, which I think was a fun way to close it out. Um, and they, we referenced uh, the the president's song, and there's that was a fun meta joke earlier in the season. 
Um, but we only got one of those segments and it was right at the end. I think there is a season two as we see them signing the contract in the opening. So we'll, we'll get getting a season two and it's, uh, I think they've already announced a season two. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like yeah. I've said, it is, they, they say it right in the, right in the opening. They're, in the very, beginning, they're like, we've got two seasons. Yeah. Very, uh, <laughs> very open about what's going on here. They also, there's also a part where they're like, oh, we're writing this in 2018. We don't really know what's going on right now. So I think that, that's Oh yeah. Too. And oh. they like take a, I, I did enjoy where they're like, we're going to take a guess. And I was like, yeah. oh gosh. Oh, and a lot of some of it like really nailed it. They, they, had a, so they had a music where it's like, here's what we think might have happened in the past two years. And it was like, this isn't that far off. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was like, oh, oh no. Like, <laughs> no, that was one of the better jokes. Is, yeah. They're like, it's, 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 we're writing this in 2018. We don't really know if Trump is still president now. And it's like, oh, it, you know, relevant, I think, actually, for a lot of reasons. Uh, so, uh, it was, it was really fun to have, um, Animaniacs back. Um, I think, like, uh, such a beloved show. Um, I don't think this was, like, uh, the, the, the best show I've ever seen this reboot, but I think that it was, um, a, a good reboot of Animaniacs, and I'm hopeful for even more, I think, from the second season. It was just, I think, I think in terms of it being a reboot, it was kind of like, I'm going to use the word refreshing, even though it really hadn't changed from the original. Like, which I think is what's nice about it too, is because a lot of these shows like are getting rebooted, but they're like, we're gonna do all these different things because it's now and not then. And I'm like, that's nice. And it, I mean, it it's worked out for some shows, but like in terms of like this, I'm like, I'm glad that it was still the same. Yeah, it, I think I think they did they did good in terms of like it, it felt like nice for 2020 and also still similar to what we what we loved from Animaniacs. So. I I think all that was yeah I think that was that it was generally like very well handled so I I, I would recommend it at the, at the like I said the very least the first episode um, yeah actually, checking it out um okay cool that's on the new Animaniacs and last for this what we've been watching is we want to do a catch up on Craig of the Creek uh, season three we got uh, specifically season three because we cut off last podcast we did on Craig we stopped right at the end of season two so we we have uh, the uh, like 14 episodes we've gotten from craig season three mm-hmm. so far so michelle and i can do like a mini craig podcast here quickly um i'll say uh overall craig thoughts uh that i want to get in there is like uh this the season's really good so far i'm really impressed i think i can finally say craig is at its prime right now like i think this is oh. I, I, I feel like this show is at it is at its best i think like we it's basically Craig's always been great. It's basically the same show. We've there's some we're focusing more on some supporting characters now than we were before. Like I feel like we're in a little bit of a new era of Craig. Like um, so I like we're more well established in what we're doing right now. And I I think every episode this season has been like very good. And uh, I, I I think I think Craig's at its prime. What do you think, Michelle? I mean, if ever there was a season to be the prime season, I think season three is a very good candidate. I do, I like, now that you've said that, like, I do see what you mean. There are a handful of episodes that, like, aren't really about Craig and the trio proper um, and have, like, the side characters of the Creek doing a bit more than we're used to. And it's a very nice addition. It's a completely, like, there are some new dynamics forming, and that's really refreshing and strong. Uh, there, there are a lot of episodes that are just really either like entirely amazing or have like some of the best jokes um, I've seen in a bit. So, I mean, yeah, I, I love like, like every season of Craig, I love season three and there, I, I'm really like, there, there are things I didn't think were going to stick with me that totally have. Um, and I'm really excited to see 
if like more allure is going to keep happening, which it seems like it is. It seems like that's something the show really cares about at this point. I'm really cl- curious how that's going to affect like all the Creek Kings at this point, not just like Craig, JP, and Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I'll say. Here's my hallmarks for like modern Craig. You could tell me if you okay. agree of like what stands out as. I think this show is more focused on Craig as a character now. Like, so we're going to talk about yes. it later. Who's like the best yeah. char- main character from Craig? I think before we were like Kelsey. I think it's like definitely Craig now. Like, I think the show is like specifically interested in Craig and his development. I think he's a great character. Um, I think, like I said, I think there's some supporting characters that are more like, I think the two that stand out most after this group of episodes are Sparkle Cadet and Cannonball, who are like mm-hmm. not, not factors early on that are kind of main, uh, ro- in the main rotation of supporting characters. Um, I think we always check in on Craig's family every few episodes. Uh, so I think that's more consistent now. And then I also think like we're continuing down the the route of this other side plot line, which has been a, a, a focus for a little while, but it's, it's a consistently hit on every like 15 or so episodes. So um, more consistently hit on. Yeah. Than in the past. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I, yeah, I feel like I'm a understand I'm a, and I'm on board with what the show is right now. Like for sure. All, all in on Greg. Um, let do let me, let's go through the fourteen episodes. I I have notes. Do you want me to Michelle? What do you do? You want me to like read say the episode? Read my yeah, like, sure. brief notes on the episode. Then yeah. you give me a brief commentary. Okay. okay, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so the we, the other side, the tournaments. These first group episodes I watched when they came out a few months ago, so I don't remember them as well. But we had the 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 thirty minute other side tournament uh, special, which um I thought was really good. Um, we had like the the the, the champions. I think of the other side. I thought they were fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm still on board with like, I still prefer maybe the, the normal episodes of Craig than the other side episodes, uh, which we talked about in the past, but I, they're still really, they're still good. So, yeah, I feel like the reason these work is because they are every like eight to yeah. <laughs> 10, they're, 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 they, we come back to them every so often, but they're so not the main point of the show. And I feel like that's where they're at their strongest because they give us that little glimmer of like, oh, no, when is like the king going to, you know, use his knowledge at this point and get to the other side of the creek? And how is that going to like destroy the dynamic? And like, how does this tie into the past and like that capture the flag game that seems to have ruined everything? And like there, there's like multiple things going on at this point. And I'm really curious if they're all connected or only like partially connected but i mean this was a really fun episode um i like that craig's just experimenting with like they did a musical episode they they are doing holiday episodes now they're doing like you know super long episodes like two doubles it's it's really nice and I feel like they, they work for different reasons. Um, and, like, again, it's always nice to see Maya. Maya's, like, one of yeah, my true. favorite characters. Yeah, I think this is, probably, I think this is the only uh, Maya and Poncho, Green Poncho and everyone episode of this one yeah. we talk about here. Yeah. But, yeah, it is nice. it's definitely nice to see all them. I do think we're, we're having the right number of uh like every other type of episode for the other side arc but um they brought it up in in a second so we can speculate on that quickly but uh, the next one was the ground is lava which i thought was like a a, a, the craig's most surrealist episode um i think it was like maybe the show's most visually distinctive incredible episode Mm. Um, there's like the 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 lemon episode i think that was yeah, also the, really good the, visually the, the sour candy episode comes to mind too that was yeah surreal. okay i think that's that's similar yeah i think that this is even better i think this was just a really good really good uh like fun visually outstanding episode and hopefully this is one of those things that feels nostalgic to more people because for something like power punchers like that's like more relevant to people who are like aware of certain card games or like D, you know you have to be like aware of what D is but ground is lava like what 
what kid has not pretended the ground was lava as a child? That feels like the ultimate, like, encompassing childlike thing to extrapolate on and make super hyperbolic. And it, I agree, the, the visual way they used it was amazing. And I'll say, like, in addition to Cannonball and Sparkle Cadet becoming more centered um, side characters, I'd say Jessica mm. also is... I, the show at some point decided, like, they are all in on Jessica because she, she is in so many episodes that I don't expect her to be. And it's always, like, super nice. I love Jessica. She's one of my f- favorites. Um, and I like that they're diving more into Craig's relationship with her. Because, like, from the beginning of the show, I assumed that Craig's relationship with Bernard was going to be really pivotal just because it's, like, one of the first things we learn in the first episode. But at this point, it seems like they're they're, you know, they're giving him time with both of his siblings but his relationship to jessica as someone who can be like that older brother to look out for her and be like kind of more mature and in charge like he doesn't do that in a lot of other parts of his life so it's nice that jessica's kind of that outlet for him to being more mature and i like that the show's kind of decided that that's something they want to focus on a little more consistently um and i think that's great because in this stuffed animal episode too and where she comes back in the episode's amazing, but like that—that's like a nice thing from this season, especially. I think that feels a little different from before. Yeah, I agree. This is a great group of episodes for Jessica. She's one of my potential picks for like standout supporting character. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think like she's. Yeah, I think the word words making sure to check in on her and Bernard regularly, and and she's she's great to these these group of episodes. Um, next was Council of the Creek Operation Hive Mind. I went back and rewatched this episode and the next one because when I started, when I initially watched these, I loved this episode. I was like, yeah. this is one of the best episodes of Craig. This is an Avengers parody. It's like yeah. a very heavy Avengers parody. And I was just floored that we went so in on, <laughs> on this parody. And uh, I rewatched it and I was like, okay, this isn't like quite as amazing, but it's really good. And uh, the there's a twist with the Bobby's the evil one. Oh my gosh. Okay, a, so we need to take a side corner and talk about Bobby. Like, yeah, we can, so we can, we can also do during the Halloween special. No, but, that's what uh, I mean, though, right? Like, Operation Hive might introduce Bobby is like, this actually, like, kind of unhinged, like, maniacal candy lover to a point where, like, I'm now, like, way more afraid of Bobby. Like, before <laughs> I think he, we were supposed to think he was just, like, pitiful. Like, he wants, he thinks he's Craig's best friend, and he's definitely not. His, his only true friends are candy, and he eats the candy, so that's, like, really sad. But now there's, like, this whole dark side to Bobby that I never saw coming. But, like, they made it a through line because of the Halloween episode. And I, I like, I, I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, I think Bobby is, is we'll talk about this more later. I think he's the, I've went from, like, okay, Bobby's a fun joke character to, like, he is, like, the show is so in on Bobby. Like, he's the, so the, he's the standout character in Craig right now for some reason. Like, they're just There's doing so much. And he also went, like, Super Saiyan in the last group of episodes. Like, uh, like what do we do? Like, Bobby is, uh, we went from this joke character. He's still this joke character. But he's taking a lot more seriously. I don't, I, I like this, like, analysis of this is, like, a villainous turn for Bobby. Uh, I don't, I, I think, I think it wasn't the point of this episode. I he was he does come across evil in the the halloween episode but um yeah maybe this is what we're doing now bobby's the foil uh the for for craig and and his group i think it's great there's like a a stinger at the end oh and um this this at the end uh the big advancement craig in theory tells everyone about the other side so that was like uh yeah i love that as like i was i was like wow huge moment like that was my initial (laughs) reaction i was like so into it 
I know. I think it was like, this is the biggest moment ever in the show, which and it kind of is. Half the stakes are in Craig, which is not a problem, but you're right. It is like an earth shattering moment for like the plot of this show that he tells literally everyone else about his findings. Right. When I have some distance from it, I'm like this in, in the grand scheme of things, this is not that big. But in the moment, I was like, it's oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> Yeah. OK. So I, I really like that. And the next one I really liked is The Bike Thief, which is another genre episode, a mystery episode. Um, and I, I also I think these these this and the last one are maybe two of my favorites of Craig. Um, but uh, I just I think this is just such a fun genre episode. I love the we got more of Mackenzie and uh, the what the, the scooter girl we'd seen like once or twice before. But uh, I think all the twists were really fun. And uh, I, I think Craig is, is had a lot of success going in on on genre episodes like these two. I agree. They go in like wholeheartedly and that's like what you got to do. You got to embrace the genre and then kind of make fun of it a little bit. And that's the perfect way to pay homage. Yeah, I think so. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, okay, picking things things up a little more. We had Craig of the Beach, which uh, Craig family episode. I really like this one too. I thought this was like a quintessential Craig of the Creek episode. Yeah. I, thought, I think this might be a classic, like a, one of the, one of the ones that's remembered as like representative of Craig. Every cartoon's got to have a beach episode. I don't care if they're not anime. They still got to do it. It's the rules now. Beach so episode, glad yeah. that they finally went to the beach. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, we had Plush Kingdom, which I thought was oh fun. Oh my god, I like love Plush Kingdom. And like, by your tone, I feel like you thought it was fine. But like... No, well, think who so I am, crazy. Michelle. Like, bananas. They're this cult of plush. Like, well, not plush kids. They're real kids. But just like hoarding the plushes in like a cave. And then they try to indoctrinate Jessica. And they get super menacing about it. But also they're they're completely in character treating all the plush creatures like real creatures and like the invisibility rules as real rules and it's just so it's so it's like the best kind of like dramatic kid playing which this show was known for and they have a rep but like th- this was such a bizarre wonderful how i feel about this is maybe how you feel about like the cardboard episodes it's just like these really <laughs> it, like, I, okay i can see that similar energy concepts that they yeah. push too far but then that's what makes it so amazing and also kind of scares you a little Int- intense energy no Michelle, yeah. I'm I'm a plush kid. I identified as a plush kid. I say this with my I have my Yamper plush right now. Like uh, this is like I'm I'm like this this is my I found my people in Craig. This is yeah. who I'd hang out with. You would um, that cave, maybe never come back, but <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of plush friends. <laughs> yeah, of all the friends. Yeah, no, Jessica's great here. There's we there's one of the plush kids went by they them pronouns. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, this is a fun episode. Yeah, I like I like that. It's a similar intense energy to cardboard episodes. Um, we the ice pop trio. Uh, I love this episode. Um, this is uh, with Sparkle Cadet. This is the start of Sparkle Cadet. I think being a like a, a more recurring. I love Sparkle Cadet. She, it's great. She's in a few of these episodes. This episode's centered on three black kids and uh, like unrelated black kids. Never seen it before in cartoon. Like it's just sad. But uh, like this is like a re- revolutionary type episode that only Craig is is doing. And uh, re- regardless of that, though, it's just really fun and just a really good episode. Yeah, they have their own adventure. And again, like we were saying, it, it like Craig doesn't need JP and Kelsey to have like a, a good time. He's enough of a character 
character at this point that like he has a new dynamic with these two people mm. and it's just as good and they kind of it seems like by the end of the episode that they want to continue like they don't want like they want to actively hang out with each other still and not let it just be happenstance anymore and i think that could potentially open up some new things too because like if they start having side adventures like can you imagine like i want to know more about cannonball's personality because he's been in so many episodes but i think he's more just like he's had a lot of like one-liners that have been really amazing um, but I feel like I understand who Sparkle Cadet is more as like a whole person because we we have more of her backstory. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I like I we need more time with Cannonball with Craig to like establish who he is because I'm curious. All we know is his dad makes dinner. That's like all I remember about Cannonball. If if April watched this show, she'd stand uh, Sparkle Cadet because she's the magical oh my, girl. Yeah. Everyone, I, I've I, seen episodes before. You gotta watch the Sparkle Cadet episode. Okay, Sparkle Sailor Cadet. Moon episode. Writing it down. She okay. has like. Compared to the rest of the show, she has like probably the most fan art in the fandom. <laughs> deserved, like, deserved. Like, very deserved. She's yeah. one of the best. Ca- and I know, like, I can probably say, like, internally, she is like a pretty big fan favorite, as is Jessica, wow. which I think is very interesting because I don't know if like that's something marketing came up with through watching the show, or if this just like the crew in Burbank in conjunction with us like just we're like oh, oh yeah these are but like it makes sense we're on the right? same page we're on the yeah, same page with sparkle page. She's it's great. nice when that happens so. I, I by the way i agree cannonball is like suddenly like a very major character i think it kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere but he's really fun and it's fun hearing jeff jeff all the time and uh like I, it is yeah we need a cannonball backstory up i agree like let, let's see that I feel like um, Cannonball is like Bobby in that the show just decided they really wanted him yes, to be there. Yes, the show and just so decided just it, yeah. kept coming up all Which the is time. Which fine. It is fine, yeah. I mean, but, I yeah, no, the show, the Bobby bit Sparkle Cadet Cannonball, the show decided <laughs> we want more of these characters, so we're where's, doing more. Where's yeah. that team up? That would be pretty wild that's the that's the Bobby old. plays alone though. that's the problem like he he's only he only has eyes for craig and candy okay yeah we'll get back to Bobby in a second we have pencil break mania um i wasn't quite as high on this episode but it was a fun like anime sports episode yes, um, with yeah and this is uh, this is the type of episode that's just an excuse for them to bring in a bunch of fun minor characters so i really i always like when they do that bring in the supporting cast more um it was, it was a jp episode too i guess it was, it was fun <laughs> you guess <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember, but uh, it was it definitely was a JP episode, and uh, nice to make sure we check in on JP. Uh, we had last game of the summer, um, yes, which uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. It was a stacks episode, which is good. Yes, uh, and it's which, the one where they like go inside. Oh, they go through the, the, the there's, like puzzles in every room, and it's yeah. Really I thought that that was it's kind of a genre episode too. I thought it was fun. Yeah, um, and then we're continuing the ancients plot from before. Which yes, is good. yes. Yeah. And the big at the end, summer is over, which this is one of my main takeaways from these episodes. Like we've been in summer in Craig for three mm-hmm. years and finally summer's <laughs> over. It's very uh it took three jar- years. It's very <laughs> jarring that, su- that now summer's over, I guess. I don't know what we're doing, but let's let's try like I guess there's a few of these episodes now that specifically take place during the fall. So oh, Yeah, like I'd say at least the next five all take place in the fall. Yeah, are we are we which is like a lot. Are we like gonna stay in the fall, or are we yada yadaing through the fall? That's I feel my like question. We're gonna get winter. I feel like we're gonna see the creek winter, which would be really nice too. And like, yeah, are we gonna talk about like holidays and what holidays everyone celebrates? Yeah. Like, I want to know. That's is yeah. Let's Kelsey celebrating Hanukkah, please. Let's, yeah. let's do that. Okay. Uh, next was. Uh, 
with the the yeah the Halloween episodes next right Trick or Creek um I thought this was like fun and it's like kind of scary too like similar to the Amphibia Very Halloween scary. special I'm like this is actually kind of scary like these shows actually going in on it uh <laughs> the old costumes that was amazing Kelsey is Mortimer and Mortimer's Kelsey that is the was best. a little I was a little uncomfortable with Mortimer's <laughs> costume that that was a I don't know I don't know about that Kelsey uh craig's mom and dad i think were fun yeah we'd horror horror bobby in this episode was just such a standout i mean a standout for sure but also like literal nightmare fuel like i am so (laughs) sorry for Dwayne. like he didn't deserve that he's just trying to be a normal dad and bobby like got in his car and he could have crashed his car and then it looks like he left his car on the road and ran back to his house himself like what there there's so many questions about bobby (laughs) And his tired dad is, he looks like he's just, his dad is just submissive candy holder on Halloween at this point. Like, there's no fighting his, his ravenous dad. I, I like that this is, this is the backstory for how Bobby gets so much candy. I like that concept. Yeah. <laughs> he just really <laughs> maximizes Halloween. But, but it's just such a stand, like, yeah, yeah, I thought it was hilarious, but like, it's just going full horror with Bobby there. Um, we had a uh, fall anthology. I think it was a fun series of shorts. Um, again, not necessarily my favorite, but, uh, oh, we had very pretty. It's very pretty. Here's my favorite line. Craig and Bernard, uh, your, your face is AP. Yes! Oh my God. Which this, <laughs> Michelle, this is me and my brother mean? growing up all the time with the, your faces. Uh, this has spoke to me a lot. Was the... Amazing. <laughs> I mean, I will say Craig's like getting like firmer with Bernard like there was that episode where he went to his workplace and just they collected all that cash money in a sock and then they just sat there and he made him use all the cheese on his salad just to psychologically <laughs> like Craig stepped up his, his rolling game with Bernard and I feel like honestly that it's probably what Bernard serves even though he's my favorite character he probably deserves that and like I pre- like yeah you're growing up, Craig. Like, and this is one of the many ways you're showcasing that. That's a, that's a, you, uh, you, one, I think you've referenced this many times. The tell me when to stop with the cheese. Yeah, that yeah, moment. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I agree. So it still stands out to me. <laughs> okay. the cheese we had in the restaurant. <laughs> Night we had after school snack down. Oh, uh, a, rea- a reality show parody. I was living yeah. for it. Um, I there loved were. It. Oh, I don't know. It was so funny. I know. We we both watched reality stuff. This is this is real. There's confessional slash DRs in this, which was the best part. Um, we oh, uh, Angel was there. We had a few Angel cameos, but Angel got to say, yeah. uh, "I didn't come here to make friends." So uh, iconic. Uh, that's Angel the got classic the line. line. Yeah, the Angel got the classic line. That was good. Uh, Mortimer was a producer, apparently, which I thought was really funny. And then uh, at the end, we got, we brought back Roger the Bridge Troll. There, he was like oh beloved character. <laughs> like, God, okay, if you want, like, literally, who's gonna want to drink that milk stuff? Like, I I can't handle the idea of children drinking that. They like, would, and, and it, it's his. So, like, his mouth. Like, like, you really can't think about it. At and the end, he regurgitates it. Yeah. Everybody else's snacks were literally so like amazing. I couldn't handle I it. And it's the crew yeah. actually made most of those oh. um, while they were working on this episode, and that's like such an amazing level of commitment. But like, yeah, the like all of those snacks sounded so good, including Craig's. And I love that 
they like Craig would go into such detail describing like what made every snack good. And I love that Kelsey went from being like a hundred percent supportive that Craig was yeah, gonna it's win. Like, yeah, slowly <laughs> less. Being like, yeah, maybe seventy five percent chance. Yeah. Oh, fifty percent. Oh, like Craig's lucky if he's gonna actually win this. Yeah, that, that Kelsey was, really was fun. JP as a judge was really fun. Brought back JP's blog. I think that was that was yeah, fun. Too. Now that yeah, now that he's in the double digits, he has like ten subscribers. <laughs> ten subscribers, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had Creature Feature, which I thought was a fun, like, Swamp Monster episode. It was very well made. And then we brought back all of Bernard's friends, which I thought was very weird because we hadn't seen them in, like, a season or something. I don't know. But uh, they're they're all fun. I yeah. love that one girl is still completely down with all the other kids and is just there to, like, watch a good movie and have popcorn. And then she just left and they thought she was dead. And just yeah, like, no, nah, I just, like, didn't tell anyone and went to get, like, a smoothie or something. <laughs> Yeah, they're all fun. And then Craig, uh, Craig and Bernard again at the end. I think they had a great moment. Um, so there's, there's a few great, great Craig and Bernard moments throughout these episodes. And then last was King of Camping, um, which was another Craig's family app episode. Um, I thought Dwayne and uh, his brother, I thought they were great. Um, I also, here's my King of the Camping. I might be wrong. I think only, literally only black characters in this episode. Um, yeah, I think that's right. They started the house and then they go straight to the woods. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, even the pizza delivery. The pizza, yeah, yeah. I think revolutionary, like, uh, incredible job with Craig. Like, uh, yeah, this is, um, I mean, there's tons of episodes focused focused on black characters, like Ice Pop Trio, but I noticed that this episode featured only black characters. Um, I thought this was a good episode, too. I always love the Craig's family episodes. I I really like Dwayne's relationship to his brother. I love that they made such a big deal about, like, Dad said I was the king of camping. And, like, the, the gross old hatchet that Dwayne has and his brother is like upset that he doesn't have one. like you're <laughs> yeah, dad gave you one you lost it he's like oh yeah I forgot yeah it was fun okay Michelle uh, f- final wrap up thoughts on Craig season three it's so good I mean clearly this is only like 14 episodes so I guess we're, we're like halfway through or something we should be seeing more at some point um any but scoops like, on yeah, when we're seeing more yeah I can't say and I don't okay. quite remember so <laughs> really <Okay>. she <laughs> I don't know which is the impediment there, but one definitely okay. more coming. I don't know when. Um, I it, it's a great season. I love I I love the balance they have between the lore and just like extrapolating on relationships with side characters. Some it, this is such a consistently funny show. I feel like Craig is literally outside of maybe Amphibia. Um, or some okay. Okay, so there are a couple other shows. Like it's <laughs> one of three shows that I I can like honestly just be like it. It's it's always been good. It just keeps getting better. It keeps like knowing itself more firmly the more they make. And it's just so solid. It's 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 like tough because like when you have a show that's like certain episodes really stick out, um, that can color your perspective. But this show's always been really, really good. Um, and every every episode has really good funny moments. Every episode has really good visuals. Some are a little more surreal than others, but it's just it's just I guess like Craig's like the kind of show you watch when you know you're like <laughs> not gonna be disappointed and you're gonna feel like really happy and just like it's cozy, but it's not afraid of like you know being scary or being kind of yeah. wild at times. Like it can surprise you still. So it really is like the total package. I think so. I, yeah. And more on this in the, our main segment, but I think Craig is one of the best shows of the year. So I've been uh, super impressed with it. Okay. Um, let's 
move on to our main topic now. Uh, that was a long uh, what we've been watching, but we had a lot to catch up on on some of those shows. But we're now we're talking about our favorites of the year in general in TV animation, specifically focused on American animation, just because that's what we talk about most on uh, or Western animation on the podcast. But if anyone has any things from anywhere in the world they want to bring up, that is uh, good as well. Um, so we're going to talk about this in the format of our end of year awards at Overly Animated, which we, this will be the fourth year, I think, um, or fourth or fifth, I don't remember. Uh, but uh, we're not like, we're more just want to talk about our favorites versus uh, necessarily what uh, what we, in analyzing the awards. But if we want to like briefly do that, we can. But uh, some, some dates on the OVAs, like right now, uh, patrons. Uh, if you want to sign up for like a one dollar patron for December, you can do all this patron stuff. Uh, but currently, patrons are um, in the balloting stage. Then we're going to do nominations. Nominations will be announced on December twenty first, and winners on December thirtieth. Um, so all that's coming up. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter or the website, you'll you'll not miss any of that. But um, let's talk about it in the format of our five categories here. Um, and, uh, we'll like, we'll go like around the horn and say like why, uh, why this was one of our favorites or what we connected with it about. We can start with best new show, which is a category we had to highlight some of the new, uh, great new shows that aired starting this year. So this is stuff that premiered in 2020, sometimes kind of hard to remember, but, uh, a few, uh, obvious ones that we've, we've mentioned earlier, um, here. Um, and I guess I want to start off, uh, with, uh, talking about Kipo with the pronouncement about Kipo because things be relevant to every category but Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts um this is uh this is like what I think is the best show of the year so I'm really gonna talk about it in every single one of these categories uh so uh it's also a show that premiered in 2020 so I guess I think it's also best new show but if we wanted to split like Kipo gets best show like Owl House gets best new new show or something it's hard to coordinate but um that would be uh that'd be fine too but yeah I've Kipo aired all three seasons this year I think is incredible I on the Kipo podcast I said like I think this is like the show that stands out to me we've ever talked about on this podcast outside of Steven and Bojack like I think Kipo is uh it's just an incredible run of three seasons if you haven't checked out it's absolutely worth it um and uh the in terms of new show is like good right off the bat and uh just one of the ones that i feel like obviously stands out uh, among all the shows that aired this year um michelle kipo or uh, another show you want to bring up oh, we can we can stay on kipo uh i think you made a lot of really good points <laughs> um I'll just say for me, I think Kipo's a really good case in point um, in terms of like very serialized, very concise um, storytelling mm. because like it, it, it ha- 50, 50, no, not 52. How many, ep- how many episodes total? Of Kipo? Yeah. Only 30, I think. 30. Really? 30. Yeah. She had 52. Um, yeah. So, because Kipo is, I, I know some people were concerned, like, oh, no, season three, like, they got canceled. Like, why isn't there more? It's like, they, they always plan to have a three-act structure. They always plan, they agreed on this amount of episodes from the beginning. This is all according to plan. Um, and I really love that because I think it's very not like children's shows to do this. <laughs> Um, and I, I think this is a perfect example of why something that is a bit more narratively focused and story focused, um, can be a really big success. Um, there, there's, I mean, I, I would say some of the episodes are like a bit lighter and have like a tendency to kind of, you know, flesh out side characters and expand the world into things that might not necessarily be as related to the plot as others. 
Um, but nothing nothing happens in this show that doesn't serve the greater story by the end of the last season, I would say. And I th- it's just, it so clearly knows what it wants to say. And so many things are revealed throughout. Like, I think that's why season two especially, like, feels so devastating for multiple characters being revealed to, to have more going on than you thought. Um, and it's, it's really lovely. Like the first season is very much like an exploring, getting to know the world. And it's just like very, it's like that early excitement stage, um, for viewers. And the second's just like all these revelations and like things aren't quite what they seemed. And it's just so many good like surprises. And then season three is very much like payoff after payoff after payoff. And it's also satisfying and I mean, Kipo, I think, as a show, has been able to balance, like, you know, not trying to be gratuitous in, like, the severity of the themes they want to go into, but also having legitimate stakes and understanding that those stakes are important at setting, like, realistic concern and consequences for something um, that they've set up to matter, so um, hopefully all that made sense. <laughs> I think in just in general, like th- th- this was so this is so well written and animated. We've talked a lot about the music. Um, it all just like pulled together to be this really wonderful kind of I don't want to say perfect because I don't think perfection exists. But like keep us very, very close to a form of perfection. And you don't see that very often. So it's just it's such a satisfying watch. I think it it has a lot of rewatch value too for that, yeah. which is not true of every show, but Kipo is really, it's, it's a very lean show. And I feel like that's part of what makes it so rewatchable because every episode matters a lot. It turns out. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think in addition to just being uh, like great, I think you mentioned like, it's just an appealing show. Like cause yeah. when we don't, it's like structure in terms of like the 30 episode serialized story, like start to finish, you can do like go on a journey, go on a marathon with this. Um, we don't see this a lot in the types of shows we cover. So uh, just in terms of like personal connection, I think it's one of my favorite types of stories to watch to like an avatar type story that it's like, here's the, the, the limited number of seasons and uh, you just go on this journey and then there's a start and a finish and we, uh, it's serialized along the way. Um, so yeah, I think we'll talk more about some specific elements we love about Kipo, but, um, th- I think that's, that's definitely a, a major contender here. Uh, April, what's a new show stood out to you this year? Um, well, Owl House stood out for everybody this year. So, um, and I think it really like, this was the perfect year for it, despite everything else that's going on in the world. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, I mean, it's it's kind of like it's got like that fantasy element that i i personally love like i love that um what's her face who i can't think of her name now like came out and said that like lose is like an open like is a bisexual character like i love that you know we're exploring you know like a a female female relationship especially with a like a main character and yeah we got that with like she-ra but this is like new and fresh so I I just really enjoy it like I don't I don't know like I I really connected with that show too I don't know what it is about it so yeah creator Dana Terrace uh, who you brought up um, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah April April you're such a huge fan of Star is 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 Owl House like a successor for you kind of yeah like I I hate 
like, I don't know. I hate being that person who's just like, man, this is like, like, this is just like star for me, but it kind of is, but it, it's a Ma- magical okay. Disney yeah. show, you know, it's yeah. a magical Disney show. It's got a female lead, which I'm always, you know, there for, um, you know, I, I, again, like I can connect on like the bisexual level, like that's, you know, so for me, that's like very like personal, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, like, the other thing to be noted, too, is that a lot of, like, the crew from Star moved over to the Alhouse. Yeah, it has a lot of Star. Oh. Yeah. yeah, like, a, like, a lot of the crew did. So, like, there's a lot of, like, like similarities in, like, the animation and just, like, overall. So, I definitely get, like, Star feels from the show, but it's not Star. It's its own thing. Like, I, I don't know that there's a character on that show that I don't like. Um, so like, I love Ida. Like she's what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) So I love Lilith. I love like Willow. I love all of the characters. I can't get enough of them. It's, it's just one of those shows that like, for, for me, I just like, I'm, I'm very like personally invested in it. So they need magic wands so I can get a tattoo of it or something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll see what your Owl House tattoo will be. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'll be great. Um, yeah, no, we all were. I think that's that's wonderful, and I think we're all really connecting with Owl House, one of the shows we're going to talk about consistently on this podcast. Um, but yeah, premiered this year, crazy, and uh, uh, that is so, literally crazy. It's so all of weird. season one. Same with like Kipo. Like I was just like, yeah. did Kipo premiere this year? Oh yeah. my I gosh! Mean, they, it yeah, did. they came out in January, so it's been a while. Same with the Vinny Train book too. Um, but yeah. House. I'm sure we'll talk more about Owl House too. Michelle, anything else on Owl House or another show you want to bring up? Uh, should I jump to another show or is it a Yeah, jump to idea? another show. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to pluck Close Enough. I don't know if either of you watched it, um, but Close Enough was like a surprise like standout for me. Um, I, I I really liked it. And I'll say like I had heard about this show being a thing in production for years and years. I know J.G. Quintel, this is like his more like adult show after regular show. I have never seen regular show. So I went into this with no like I, I didn't know what to expect. And what it was, it was so wonderful. And from what people have said who have watched regular show, it seems like a lot of the same sort of humor just mm-hmm. aged up a little. But aged up in a way that, like, honestly might not have been too far off from the original show, from what I've heard. Um, I, I really liked it. I, I loved the family. Um there's like two main parents and their kid Candace, um, and they're living with this like other couple who is like technically divorced, but they like still live together because they're all poor and they're all millennials. So it's like millennial parents, like that is like okay. Like if you're gonna make a young adult show, like millennial parents is like I feel like Tuke and Birdie is another kind of like millennial like young adult type show. Like that is such an untapped market. Like the era of like sitcom like family guy sentence is over that is for the boomers we need the dysfunctional poor millennial parents and that is exactly what close enough is and it's so good because they're it's just a bunch of imperfect humans like trying their best but also being like they all have their (laughs) their like stuff that like they can go a little off the rails about um and i love that too because it's not like it's just like the dad show it's like ev- everyone's got their moments and their baggage and like their things that make them go crazy and it's just really funny it's a really funny show and like 
I think it's the kind of thing where it's like, even if some forms of humor might not be your thing, like there is something for everybody in this show. And it's just like, it's one of those shows that's like really easy to watch and just really fun. Um, like, I don't know. It, it's like, honestly, nicer than I'd say a Rick and Morty. Um, and it's not as existential as BoJack. So it's this kind of sweet spot where it's like really fun and has things to say, but it's not like, gonna stress you out or horrify you and honestly like i'm i'm fine with that and that's really like if that's the appeal close enough like i'll take it and i know they have at least a second season greenlit which is very exciting i will be watching more and i encourage all of you to watch it too because like it's honestly really fun i i really liked it more than i was expecting yeah i guess we'll get more from it next year but uh, we don't really know with hbo max i watched a few episodes and yeah i agree it's really fun um close enough so that, that that's good that's that's good great you brought close enough up and it finally premiered this year i know yeah. after i don't know how many years i feel like it's been like three or four years or something i've heard that's about this so long. this, this could have could, been a best new show in 2018 yeah. It <laughs> um, yeah. i don't know if that's at literal or not but yeah um Love is one of those shows that's on my list to watch just because like i was a fan of regular show but i also understand that it's not like it's not the same show not so quite the same but yeah, I think but if you like regular show, I would definitely recommend so. watching yeah. this. Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah, um, so that, that's great. I definitely want to talk about Glitch Text next. Uh, we've talked yeah. a lot about it on we talked a lot about it on this podcast. I watched um, Glitch Text and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you watched you watched all of it. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know. That. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, we we've covered it. It's it's just really fun. Uh, video game show um on uh, netflix and uh it's just one of the most gorgeous shows you'll see visually uh just really fun great characters a lot of great episodes as far as we know as of now this is the only uh like 20 episodes of glitch checks we'll be getting which is sad but um hopefully they greenlit greenlight more at some point um but the the what we finally and this is another show that's like finally it it, it premiered this year um but uh it uh was very very impressed by glitch checks um all all along and uh, i think this is uh one of my highlights of the year was always watching glitch checks the yeah. cast of the show is so great. All the relationships are great. There's even like again like a little bit of lore sprinkled in in the very background. They talk about like maybe twice per season, but that's just <laughs> enough to keep you intrigued. They go so hard on the animation. I honestly do think like visually, it is such a standout. Um, that is not to say that a lot of these other shows aren't beautiful, but just like oh my god. Like, the way action sequences unfold in this show is, like, nothing else. Like, it's so... I feel like it. the only rival to this would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, yeah, show, that's right? Like, that's the only one I could... Or, like, that amazing Lego thing that's happening, and I don't remember the name. <laughs> the I'm amazing, so sorry. That, am- Lego. that amazing Lego There's thing. There's an amazing <laughs> Lego show that's happening right now, and, and they go very hard on animation also. But, like, this is not a thing a lot of shows do, but it is definitely one of the biggest strengths of Glitch Text. And I feel like it's, it's about gaming. It, it's about video games it's the perfect show to do this kind of stuff with and they went very hard into it yeah love it um in terms of handicapping the category i think uh (laughs) owl house and glitch decks are your three uh three contenders here um but hopefully enough people have seen glitch decks in our community um because it's it's great um we talked about animaniacs and onyx equinox in the beginning i think those are shows that i would consider for my ballot for best new show i'm really impressed with both of them so far yeah um 
but we talked about them a lot. And two other shows I want to bring up are Solar Opposites, which um, out on Hulu this year by um, some of the people from Rick and Morty. Um, only seen the first season. There's a second season coming. But uh, I think that that is a very fun show so far. Um, I'll bring up my favorite episode from it in the episode category. But uh, it's, uh, I, I think, deserving of a Best New Show uh, nomination. I think it was um, one of my most fun watches this year. And I'm hoping that is even even better in the second season. We have a podcast on it. And I guess the re- there's a really uh, incredible escalating running gag in Solar Opposites that you got to it, it, it's, it's really uh, you got to see it to to believe it, I think, is the, the, <laughs> oh, the, the, the way I've described it with Solar Opposites. Oh, it's very fun. And then other new show I want to bring up, Central Park on Apple uh, TV Plus. I don't know what it is. Uh, Apple's service. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> mean, <laughs> Apple mean. TV Plus. Is that right? I don't know. I just like that. It might be wrong. right. It might be right. It at least doesn't sound wrong. Um, I think I actually think it's right. Wrong. We that's the <laughs> metric we should judge our own lives by. Got to have max or plus in your name, right? Um, Cent- yeah. uh, me and Sarah did a podcast on Central Park, uh, the new musical uh, show, and uh, it's 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 re- really fun first season. There's also a second season of this coming, which we haven't gotten yet, but. Um, I had a ton of fun with Central Park this year. Uh, I think that it is it is is good. It's not like the greatest show ever, but I think it's 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 was very very good throughout the year, and uh, really love seeing like a full musical series um, from Central Park. And um, so that's that's something I'll be looking out for best new show too. Uh, are there any other new shows uh, either you want to bring up? I can't think of any. I mean, I guess Infinity Train Book Three and Two don't count as new shows, yeah. even though yeah. it's technically anthology. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah, new story. So we'll we'll talk about Infinity Train though. But uh, yeah, how do you handle in, in, in anthology shows? I when don't you know. Best new show category. The answer <laughs> right? is we don't include them. But I mean, also yeah. as Animaniacs is a reboot. So that counts. Well, see, but, that's uh, why I was just yeah. like, we have Animaniacs in the yeah. category, but is it? I mean, I guess it's. Yeah. New. I mean, it's like you know, new new crew, new network. Yeah, I think it's new show. So. It's same with Shira too, then, right? Because that's like technically. Yeah, Shira's a reboot. Yeah. I mean, Shira was more. I think Animaniacs is more similar to the original than Shira was, but they're oh, all they're yeah, all still sure. they're all still new re- they're all still uh, new shows. I would say. Anyway, let's let's move on to supporting character. Uh, distinction between supporting and main character is something that is hard for us to determine. But my yeah. my idea my idea is always like main character is someone who's in most of the episodes, supporting characters in like half of the episodes in a major way. Um, so a lot of fun supporting characters this is one of the funnest categories, I think, because you get these like uh, a few episodes in a show uh, character that was really fun this year. Uh, I want to, again, similar to keep on getting a new show, I want to bring up Amity Blight at the start of this category. I think she is the standout supporting character of the year. I would say wow. she's the, the favorite here. I mean, there's some other really great ones, but, um, you know, Amity, uh, Amity, the uh, MVP of Owl House season one, not that there's not a ton of other elements, but my argument with Amity is like, uh, Owl House, the best episodes of season one are the ones where she's prominent uh, for the most part. And then the ones where she's not, it struggles sometimes. So I feel like uh, when the show brought Amity out, she was really incredible. Um, her romance with Luz in season one was uh, obviously one of our favorite parts of the show. And I just think she's she's in a very uh, well developed character throughout uh only one season when she only really appeared in half the episodes so um i'm hopefully i mean i would love to talk about amity as a main character next season but in terms of season one i think that she is like my standout supporting character of the year well and it's interesting for amity too because she like she's a supporting character but she didn't start off as like loses best friend or anything like that like she Mm -hmm. was kind of like that opposition like the opposite the opposition character so she wasn't like a the villain but she wasn't like you know as part of the like her crew so i think that's a really like interesting position for her 
like a supporting character to be in. And then as you know, we've seen her, she's moved away from like, you know, the rival to the like love interest kind of situation. So I think that's something that's really nice about like her character and her story as well. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point too. She's a non-traditional character arc throughout the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of presented in a, in an antagonistic light, but then quickly made to be a, a growing friend and love interest of the main character. Um, so, it's, in addition to just being a really fun, great character, she's in like a, a, a some, an arc that we haven't necessarily seen before. So, I think that's really cool. Um, Michelle, who's who's a character you want to bring up? Uh, can we talk about Scarlamane? <laughs> yeah, Scarlamane's my other my oh other my big God, pick for Scarlet. supporting. It was character. a choice between that and Mitch. Like they have a similar energy, kind of. <laughs> Maybe not. They completely. do. They do. Kipo, right? Scarlamane from Kipo. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah go for it. Thanks. Oh my God, Scarlamane! I mean, he he was already iconic because of his suit and his amazing, like, menacing piano theme music, and his really discomforting laugh in the first season. And then he has like pheromones that can control humans, which is like such an amazing superpower, which totally makes sense in this mute, like, dystopian universe they've established. Like, it all just makes so much sense. Of course, he beat the big bad. And you get to season two, it's like, surprise, he's not the big bad. And also, tragic backstory, which, like, actually, like, makes you feel really sad for him, which you would not have thought possible in the first chunk of episodes. Um, And then he just, like, yeah, he forms a relationship with Kipo. I think his whole progression was just so surprising. It's not... Not that, like, it's surprising that a character would do that because we, we've seen that kind of... I mean, that, that's not completely different from, like, you know, how Hordak is in She-Ra. Uh, we've seen villains, like, kind of, you know, turn over a new leaf. But you really bought it with Scarlet because of his very particular circumstances and the fact that he was kind of, like, Kibo's parents' adopted child. And that's, like, such an important layer for Kipo being able to help him kind of understand how to like treat people differently and how to form relationships in a positive way. And then he ends up paying that forward at the end of the last season. And it's just like, I'm not even sad that, I mean, like I am sad that he died, but it's like, it was, it was so on his terms and it just, I don't know. It, Scarlet Mean is such a great character, and they did so many things right with him. And it's, I mean, he had, a, he really had to work to get people's trust back. And then it, it's not like they ever fully trusted him again. Like, I love that the show is able to, again, it's like that, that balance between like having stakes, but also like offering people forgiveness. It's, it's, you, there's a certain amount of legwork you have to do to actually be able to earn that in a believable way. And they strike that balance really well with Scarlamane. So it's just, it's just such an impressive character. Yeah, I think it's really impressive what they did with him. He's just a fun villain in season one. He had incredible, mm-hmm. incredible backstory in season yeah. two and tragic backstory and his his relationship with Kipo that was developed and then that that going into season three where he's less of a focus, but his relationship with Kipo uh, is is uh, concluded. So I think uh, I, I I was like I'll also shout out to Jamak who was amazing in the beginning yes, of Jamak. Kipo. Um, but you know, Scarlamane's the character that like like start to finish just is like really uh jumps out at you from that show um so yeah and I'm, I'm, i wouldn't be upset if scarlet was the pick for a supporting character he, he was really great um april uh you're uh, a supporting character you want to bring up can we talk about jess from 
Ragnarok Ladybug. Uh, yes, Ladybug aired one episode this year, but what an episode it was. One whole episode, which was the New York special, which I'm sure we will talk about more later. But I loved Jess because she she is my girl. And I love that, like, she just had, like, a really nice, um, like, she seems very standoffish, but uh, she loves helping people. And I love that she's, like, trying to get, like, Adrian and Marinette together for the entirety of the episode. Um, I think that's great. <laughs> because, I mean, like, yeah, Alia and Nino and all of the other friends, like, do that. But they don't do it to the same extent that she does. So just really enjoyed, like, having sort of that outside perspective. Plus, she gets a miraculous at the end. And I just love that. So... Yeah, Jess. Jess was one of the stars of the New York special. I think she she she's great. I think there's a perfect spot to recognize <laughs> Jess in the in the New York special. Yeah, um, and I really hope that we get to see her again, especially because she is a miraculous holder. But that's a different conversation for a different podcast, and not today. So <laughs> not in, <laughs> so our, in our yeah. in our Ladybug podcast. Yeah, her and, and Uncanny Valley. I think we're both really good, but I think we also uh, we love love Jess a lot. Um, but definitely, I definitely co-sign all that. Uh, let's, I want to talk about, um, we can bring up Mitch as Michelle, Michelle mentioned Ooh, Mitch because, um, <laughs> Mitch was Michelle and I's fave from Glitch Decks, the, uh, mean girl who's a guy yeah. and, uh, is, uh, just the, the kind of villain kind of friend of the show. And he's just so like sassy and, uh, funny and just charismatic, I think throughout the whole show that, uh, uh, just love Mitch, love, uh, how Glitch Decks used him throughout uh, the episodes we got to see. Strong agree. He even had like an amazing hair change in season two, which was like his hair somehow got even better. <laughs> of course, Mitch is the kind of character who would just change his hair. I mean, Mitch is, yeah, like again, like he's not a mean boy. He's very much the archetype of mean girl. Like his entire aesthetic, his mannerisms, his whole deal is so mean girl energy. He wants to be friends with the main group. He doesn't know how to do that. So instead, he just channels all of his energy into being the best because he thinks if he's the best, then he'll get everything he wants. But spoiler alert, that's not how happiness works. <laughs> and, and also, like, we, we get we get to see his actual family. So there's this deep, deep level now of him being, like, the responsible one. And, you know, being there for his family in a way that causes tension and they have to kind of work through that. And he ends up better for it. So, like, there is hope that he will learn to be a good friend besides being a good brother to other people in his life. But in the meantime, like, the fact that he just, like, refuses to play nice and is just so aggressive. Like, he's not even afraid, honestly, to cheat if he can get what he wants, which is, like, a little bit of a villainous thing to do. But for Mitch, is like, fine. Because that's just... That is who he is at his core. And even if he never changes, I'm... I- I'll love him forever. It's just so good. He knows himself so fully. <laughs> and he's so sad sometimes. And, like, that combination's just irresistible, honestly. Yeah, love Mitch forever. Definitely agree. <laughs> uh, April, someone you want to bring up? Uh, can I bring up two at once? Yes. Okay, um, so I want to bring up Scorpia and Entrapta because I think that like both characters sort of um, they kind of started off as like, and I mean, Shira's you know officially over and done with. R.I.P. But. Uh, I think that as two characters that kind of 
felt very like comedic and in the background for them to like really stand out by the end of the show is just like it, phenomenal. And they play the, each one played their own like important role and really like especially Scorpio like she really found herself. I think that the whole her discovery of like her self-worth kind of thing is just incredible. And then I mean Entrapped is just you know she's always been a a fun character but then for her to finally to see her in more of a serious role as well like I think that both of them like really deserve a lot of praise. So I I just th- those are my pitches. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, said. I did. Uh, yes, uh, Scorpio won this category last year. She was unfor- <gasps> yes, unfortunately yeah. ch- chipped for most of this last season. So I think that in- I feel like Entrapped is the stronger uh, Shira pick. But I mean, obviously, Scorpio is amazing. Scorpio is amazing, and Entrapped I think had a great arc this season. Yeah, she she really did. Like, and it it was um sort of unexpected for me as well. Like, I expected her to have like some kind of arc, but it I like it was surprising how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't necessarily expect them to go as, as much into Entrapped in the last season, too. I think it was really good. Uh, Michelle, any other thoughts on them or someone else you want to bring up? I agree with everything April said, so <laughs> we can just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah, Scorpio, like, found herself. That That's always going to be, like, one of the most iconic moments for me. And, like, we even got to see her find love, you know, on yes. her terms by the yeah, end of the show. Yeah, nice to see it, though. So it's, yeah. like, her, her trusting herself and walking away for some from something that wasn't going to be great for either of them. Like it ended up being the best thing for her. Cause then she found someone who could meet her where she was. And, ah, oh, I'm so happy for Scorpio and then trapped it. Yeah. She, she, I, I feel like the show is like she, they have played her so funny and quirky for so long, but I love that they got to a point where like the, like it's such a dire situation. Um, and like, you know, People are getting upset and they start like yelling at a trap to being like, you're not like listening to directions. Like, why are you just running off and doing your own thing? And she like really sits down and explains like, this is like my way of trying to help. And like, I understand that sometimes it comes off like I don't care, but I care so much. It's just like the way I do things like this may be different. And like, that's a part of who I am. And like, all that's so good. And then they like kind of understand her side of things a little better um and it's it's more clearly spelled out in a way than i think it was just hinted at earlier in the show so it was really just nice like she's like one of the few people that feels like a a a relatable kind of autistic representation i feel like people say that about peridot too i think they said that like after the fact like well after the fact um but like yeah like they they have a lot of similarities and again that's not the only kind of way an autistic person can be but normalizing it at all is always really nice to see um and she's a great character and like maybe like romance with hordak is canon question mark i think it's I mean, canon yeah i think it's canon <laughs> good i think that happens both these ladies got like a person that they can smooch good for them good, good <laughs> for them buddies. Good. <laughs> yeah 
they got booth buddies. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Um, okay, let me go rapid fire through a few picks. We talked about Bobby from Craig of the Creek earlier. <laughs> I was shook that you put Bobby on the Look, <laughs> I was not a Bobby supporter like a year ago, but the show has beat me into <laughs> me down with like, bo- like I'm on board now. That's, like, that's uh, the best we, way to learn to love a character is when I, I know, I do. I, I just, Bobby's just so impressive with all of the ridiculous things we do with them. I also think Jessica is a great pick here or Bernard. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Those are like the great Craig supporting any of those. But, but yeah, I mean, Bobby's just used in really great, incredible ways this this year. Um, also, I'll give I'll throw Ruby a bone and give a shout out to Penny as a as a great supporting character from Ruby. Not super in love with everything Ruby's doing recently, but Penny I think has been a real highlight of the show. Love that she's back. Everything we've doing with her and Maiden Powers and stuff has been uh, I think really good, and she's always a, a highlight of every episode she's in. Um, so yeah, Michelle, uh, two two left. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about Susie. Susie's great. Um, Susie's like always. It's weird. Sum, calling, summer Camp Island. Yeah, Summer Camp Island. Susie the Cat Witch. Uh, it's crazy to think of her as a supporting character just because, like, how often she's in the show and how much of the lore of this show is tied yeah. directly to her. <laughs> along with along with Amity, she's a little bit of a tough case, yeah. but she's really only in. She, she pops up like two seconds at the end of some episodes. That doesn't really That's count. True. So she's she's really only in. And we're, we're we haven't seen the four part Susie arc yet, so more to come on on her. Yes, more to come on her. Another great personality of just like she, I guess, like, you know, in a way, she's kind of like Marceline in early seasons of Adventure Time, in that, like, she's just so old. She has lost, like, some sense of, like, normal relationship socializing. Um, which is like really funny because like she looks like she's just a teenager, but she's like hundreds of years old. And she like she she's so like she's done the song and dance of being a camp counselor so many times. She like the way she talks to the kids is just so funny. And it is abrasive and it is kind of like judgy and like frustrating. But again, like once you understand like how old she is and how much she just like doesn't care anymore, like it makes so much sense. And and I do think she's a pretty refreshing kind of person personality to have it's just like that very done older sister it's a good it's a good character yeah always love Susie. i think she and really looking forward to this backstory arc from her but she's also just great in the normal episodes too yeah how about marcy michelle oh my god marcy marcy's like barely been in any episodes but she's she's such a standout already um she's been in like five or something five five is probably the most possible but i mean like you you know who she is right away (laughs) from from amphibia from amphibia yeah as if we're just there's also marceline from our adventure time yeah marcy oh god that's (laughs) 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 um do you think Marceline is her full name? That'd be crazy. Have they said? I don't know. They don't know if they've they've only ever name. called yeah. her Marcy. I'm I'm hoping yeah. her actual name is just Marcy. Um, she she's Anne's friend from the human world. She's transported to um Newtopia where the newts live, and of course, um, it's in Wartwood where all the frogs are. So Marcy's been like. I would say at the top of the socioeconomic um, social stratosphere in this amphibian world. And as a result, she's become this kind of like, I don't know, like she's like a protector, but she's also like a, like a scientist vibe, but she also like loves studying the history and lore of um, the city. And that's her whole kind of deal. But also she's like kind of clumsy and she can be very tunnel vision to a point where like she doesn't always notice what's going on around her. And one of her traits is known to be like kind of gullible, uh, which I'm very worried about for plot reasons. 
Um, but she she's she loves Anne so much. There, they have a really cute friendship dynamic, and and she cares about her deal dearly, even to the point where she's like, she would rather Anne go off to be with the frogs for a, a bit longer and be alone herself if it meant that Anne was like happy. And that like says a lot, like as a good friendship thing to do. So Marcy, Marcy's just a wonderful character. I love seeing her. I'm excited to see more of her. Yeah, and I'm I'm just an amphibia casual, but uh, I think the, <laughs> the the introduction of Marcy has been uh, it's elevated the show even. I mean, it's already good, yeah. but it's elevated it for me. Like I think she, I love Marcy. I think she's uh, been really incredible. Apparently, like maybe four plus one, eleven minute episodes for Marcy. That's that's my initial research. Um, okay. So there you go. So I think she might have only made a cameo in one or something. But um, yeah, no, only only uh, eleven amphibia episodes so far. So we only got half the season. But that's crazy. Um, so much has happened. I know. Yeah, no, Phoebe's done a lot with the with what it's we could talk about it more too. But um yeah, I think Marcy's just uh been been really good. Obviously there's other standout amphibia supporting characters as well. Um like Sasha. Or um, Bessie, but, but I like no one was gonna <laughs> let me talk about Bessie, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean you brought up Bessie, there you go. I don't know, has Bessie had an episode this, <laughs> no. this year? <laughs> She is like she has been pulling the wagon on her back the entire season. By she, yeah, she's the the, M- the in show MVP. She, yeah. She's there t- for Hop Pop to cry on when he thinks Brig is gonna go to college, and she, I mean, she's just this the steadfast hero that they couldn't go anywhere without her. She is the ultimate MVP that's like in the shadows, you know, just waiting to be recognized. So I'll recognize her. Good job, okay, Bessie. Thank you. Thank you for recognizing <laughs> <laughs> Bessie. Um, okay, there you go. Those are a lot of good supporting characters there. I think there's a lot of uh, good potential nominees. Let's talk about main characters, even more incredible uh, main characters to talk about here, honestly. We'll move a little bit quicker. Let's let's start moving a little bit quicker through these. But um, we've also talked about some of them already in passing. Uh, I'll start with Kipo from, from Kipo. Like I said, I'll mention uh, the, the Kipo in basically every category. Kipo had a great arc throughout all 30 episodes. Um, I think she's, she's just a really, really strong main character. She had a lot of great relationships um, with the other characters in the show, including uh, Wolf, especially, and uh, who always would be another great pick for this as well, Wolf. Yeah. Um, but um, and her relationship with Scarlamane, as I mentioned, was really great. But uh, just uh, keep a one of the the strongest leads in this type of like uh, serialized adventure show. I feel like I've seen. So I was I was always really impressed with what the show did with Kipo throughout. Uh, Michelle, anything to add to that, or and and then another character to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kipo's great. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to say it really quickly. Uh, she has a very strong sense of self. And it, this show very much is always, like, her show, even though they do give, like, a fair amount of time to other characters mm. to flesh them out. Like, I think in some shows, like, they, they have a main character, but then, like, side characters inevitably become way more interesting, so everyone talks about them. But that, I wouldn't say, is necessarily the, key, the case for Kipo. Um, they, they very much place a lot of weight on her decisions and her choices and the legacy of her family and how important that is for this particular story. And I think it was very well done. I love Kipo and I want her haircut when she's like in At her twenties. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> you get a flash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- that's a good point. No main characteritis with Kipo. Like she's just yeah. right from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Um, yeah. Okay. Next character, Michelle. Let's talk about Bojack. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Bo- yes. the, the logical jumping off point from Kipo, Bojack, mm. the other end of the spectrum. I mean, I don't Bo- think they'd get along. No, <laughs> Bo- Bojack. I mean, so Kipo be like the hollyhock for Bojack without a familial connection. Yeah, so keep like, keep, I keep don't Bo away from Bojack. Yeah. Please, <laughs> yeah. keep her away. Keep her far away. Bojack's great just because he's terrible. 
And that's like one of the rare things you can say about a great main character. But like this show so consistently makes sure we're aware of how like gross and awful, if still sympathetic, we feel for him and all the decisions he makes that it's honestly such a tour de force. And it's something that I wish we saw in more television because I feel like, and they, you know, they comment on this in the show. They're very meta about just like the state of the world. Um, But yeah, like there's there's something to be said for like ha- you can have a bad character, but if everyone likes them anyway, and that wasn't your intention, it is kind of your responsibility to, to a point if you're still making the show to be maybe more clear about where you should be aligning and for what reasons. Because like we, we there are so many characters in TV you love to hate. Um, Bojack's not, not one of them. You it's like a a, a painful, terrible slog go in like you you like moan every time he does a new terrible thing. And it's not even that you hate him. You just like you you hate what he's doing to his own life. And it's like kind of the ultimate cautionary tale. Um at the same time, like he learns and grows and at the and also has to like accept his consequences for his actions. And that's just like the perfect culmination of everything that makes this really work and be satisfying. And I find him a very satisfying character by the end of the show. Yeah, so we got the second half of the last season of BoJack this year. Um, yeah. So I think with, with same thing yeah. with Steven, only the second half of the last season. So it's a little hard to figure out how that plays in, in terms of bests or whatever. It's but true. Um, yeah, yeah. But, Bo, Bo, yeah, but Bojack, this, yeah, Bojack, this is the last, this is like his comeuppance the last mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. Um, and Bojack yeah. facing consequences. And I mean, just Bojack in the last two episodes of the show is so incredible. Oh, I mean, I just, love, yeah. I was, I was always like someone who hated Bojack and, uh, not like as a character, but as a person. And, yeah, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, yeah. The fact that the show was able to be incredibly satisfying with, um, like, him facing what he's done and uh, how the show deals with that and how he deals with that, I think uh, is, is it did it better than I could have ever imagined. And uh, I I don't know. I think it's time we we haven't really recognized Bojack's character yet as, or the show in our awards. I think it's time to do. It is time. Definitely time. Like this is the year. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else on Bojack April? Um, Just that like, I, like Michelle said a lot of it and he, he is definitely a character that like you dislike but you are all it's like watching a train wreck like and so mm-hmm. uh like the culmination of the train wreck like after you know like the cars are all have all been cleared and the tracks are you know rebuilt or whatever <laughs> it's just uh it, it's just been like i agree like his his journey the end of it has was very satisfying um i also just I mean, who doesn't love a self-destructive character? And I think that it, it almost, like, makes you, like, feel better in a way, too. Because you're just like, okay, yes, I have self-destructive habits, but at least I'm not BoJack kind of situation. So, <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. I but, mean, like, but it, like, also just, like, dealing, like, watching h- him deal with, you know, all of these, like, terrible, like, things about himself and like these terrible like all of the like horrific things that he's done and then just like addressing his own issues and even like is it's just like yeah like it gives it gives me hope (laughs) (laughs) that's good yeah um have maybe catra on similar levels april yeah you want to talk about catra for sure like i love okay first off i love broken characters obviously (laughs) um but i think 
like catcher for me because I did not. I was one of those people who was like in the series. I, like at some point, I gave up on her. I was like, she mm. she can't come back from this. There's no way. Like, and then for her to like have that full redemption and for it to be like completely satisfying at the same time, like speaks volumes to you know character writing, like you know, all of it. Like her arc was amazing, and you know obviously like I think it's a huge deal for her to admit her feelings for Dora, the fact that they were romantic and not just you know friendly or platonic. So I think that's just a lot to be said about a main character as well. I I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we this is the last season of Shira aired this year and we saw the the redemption side of the catcher arc, right? Um yeah. so or the not, you know, not if you want to call it that, but um it's yeah, so this is like I think this is the flashy ending for Catra and people loved uh <laughs> so loved all of it. I mean it's pretty yeah. flashy. It is very I think Catra's the flashiest character in the in contention here, uh, right? Also, like I think yeah. that haircut, yes. Oh, oh my yeah, god, a lot, yes. Speaking, a lot of Short haircuts hair actually. Oh so god. That's how you yeah, that's, that's how you know like I've <laughs> we should add a best haircut category well, but he, honestly we should but here's the thing like that's how you know when someone has like gone through something is when they go through a drastic hairstyle change <laughs> like i i did it catra did it like <laughs> kipo did it lake did it like oh yeah we're all we're all here changing our hair Didn't, it's yeah, fine Mitch go through something yeah i guess yeah so that's that's good <laughs> Like, yeah, that's good. I uh, also adore, I think, had an incredible year as well. So I think it's hard to pick Adora Catcher, honestly, from here. Yeah, um, but, I feel like, uh, Adora, but... like picking Adora is almost like she's a great character. And I think she had like a really like amazing finale as well. But I feel like picking her is kind of a cop out just because <laughs> like she I mean, she went through a lot, but like Catcher also went through a whole lot. So <laughs> Like different, different, yeah, different yeah. situations and such. But yeah, I know Adora. I think it's the finale, especially. Um, but both of them did. Um, so it's it's good from the strong last season of Shira. Um, I'll, I'll, let me go through a, a few quick. Let's do rapid fire. Uh, okay. From we we talked about Craig of the Creek and we mentioned Craig. I think he had an incredible year. I'd really, really like to see Craig nominated. People, please. Uh, the but uh, he's just he's, asking uh, for a nomination, not a win. You guys. <laughs> I mean, I don't look. I don't, I'm not optimistic on Craig and and winning anything, but unfortunately, it doesn't have as big of a fan base as these other shows. But uh, Craig, really incredible year with the incredible character and um, so many great relationships with his family, with the other main characters, with all these increasing amount of supporting characters who we see him with. So um, I was really impressed with Craig as a character this year. Um, so speaking of Summer Camp Island, uh, looking back on the random twenty episodes we got earlier this this year on Summer Camp Island, I. I Talked on that podcast about how I loved what the show did with Oscar, uh, who uh, Hedgehog usually stands out more from the show, but the show is like self-aware of that and had this arc of Oscar confronting that his his friend was in the spotlight more and she had all the cool things happening to her. And so like he was his arc was him psychologically dealing with that and then ending with him in therapy in the finale. So uh, I oh, think it was yeah. like, you know, what is happening um, in the show? <laughs> no, so good. He learns that like his like he has like the he's at summer camp. Like he's up the magical zone because he like he's magic too. He's just not magic in the way the hedgehog's magic. Yeah. His magic is that he like makes other people feel better, and then he like learns Aww. to accept that as his like own just as good, just as important magic. And then when hedgehog comes back from being a cool werewolf, he's like at peace with himself, 
and with Hedgehog, and it's so good. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's I was re- like, really I was good. side-eyeing him being on the list initially, but like now I'm totally sold over. Yeah, Oscar yeah, is a really good yeah. main character. Look, normally I'm like all about Hedgehog, but that yeah. Oscar arc was, I loved it so much. It was yeah, really good. So I'm, I'm all about that. Um, I, I talked about Central Park. I think Owen, who's the dad in Central Park, was really incredible. Um, and he had some amazing songs. He always had funny plots. Uh, I, you know, I don't think he's actually going to get nominated in here, but for me, he's a standout character from that show. All the main characters, I think, are really fun, but um, really like Owen there. And the show we even talked about, The Hollow. Yeah, um, it's Second season, it's main character Adam, who uh, we we uh, is revealed he's gay this season. We see him con- uh, d- dealing with that a little bit in the show, and uh, he has uh, some interesting relationships in the Hollow. Second, f- really fun second season from the Hollow. Don't expect it to be recognized in award stuff, but I do think maybe Adam, if anything, would be the element where I'd consider it uh, from from the Hollow. Uh, let's do. How about Michelle? How about a rapid fire for you from from some? <laughs> Okay, um, I'll, 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 like, tackle Diane and Harley Quinn really quickly. So Diane from BoJack Horseman. I, I feel like Diane is probably the, the pivotal relationship in BoJack's life. Um, she's there at the beginning. She's there at the end. Um, they, they have probably the closest relationship to each other in a way that, like, not even Princess Carolyn and BoJack really have because theirs was always, like, tinged by this messed up romantic stuff and that that's not as true for Diane. Um, the fact that... You know, I, I think Diane is an amazing character and her ability to just kind of recognize all the stuff she's been going through um, and and let go with some like preconceived notions she had about herself to ultimately become happier um, and finding a new relationship and just like choosing to be happier and, and the things that go along with that, like taking medication um, and being fine with that and being like f- at peace with like her body changing, like all that stuff. So, so good. But also the fact that she, you know, Bojack was like one of the closest people in her life for like a decade and deciding to cut him out. That's not an easy thing to do. But again, to me, I think that's her choosing like a, a positive, less chaotic life moving forward and the fact that the show went there, I think, is really astounding. And I think, like, again, if 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 that hadn't happened, I don't think Bojack would have had, honestly, as much of a chance to become his own better person because he could have relied. He, he, he She'd always been his safety net, and she's not going to be anymore. So it's just, like, everything's changing. But I think Diane made a lot of really hard, good decisions for herself um, this last season. And I'm really happy for her. Uh, Harley Quinn, main character of the animated Harley Quinn show. Oh my god, so good. Everyone watch it. It is really gory though, and it's pretty gross, but <laughs> it's really funny. Um, Harley Quinn is just like such a great character. I know she's been like in a few live action movies, and she was in the original Batman animated series in the 90s where she like first existed. Um, but this show is like very much about her, and it's just she's just there to be a hot mess, but like really kick your she deals with so much misogyny from all the villains in Gotham and like doesn't give a about them and just like hits everyone until they're dead or knocked out with her bat and it's just like oddly it's like very like it makes it fills me with so much joy like so much unbridled joy that like I didn't know could be channeled into a show that was this violent but it, she's she's amazing. She's she, she's found love. That's kind of a spoiler. I won't say to who, but maybe it's obvious. <laughs> I, think we, I think we all know. I think the we all know. That's like, what the only one thing I know about. It's it. great because like I feel like Harley Quinn a lot <laughs> like Princess um, Bubblegum Marceline. It's like 
you don't need to be a perfect person to have like a happy relationship, but you do need to acknowledge your shortcomings to move forward in a positive way. And I feel like that's something this show also like wants to tackle with Harley Quinn. Like all these surprise, like amazing things have happened in the show, but watch it. Harley Quinn's a great character. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I loved that like elevator pitch. It was great. That's good. I'm no, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked enough uh, uh, basically anything about that show. On I know a lot of people so uh, really enjoyed it this year. Yeah, just uh, not a Harley Quinn uh, person. <laughs> yeah, do do Anne and Stephen Michelle too. These I mean these okay, are heavy hitters, okay. but oh my god, that's why I was like, how do I talk short about it? Okay, uh, Anne, main character from Amphibia, super. She's she's just. She's a girl. She's in a frog world. She's just trying to figure things out, and she's done an amazing job. It seems like her her power is like from her heart. She's very good at making personal, like deep relationship connections with people. So she's not like Marcy. She doesn't like. She's not great at like studying or like scientific knowledge. She's not like brute strength like Sasha. Like her heart is her gift to the world. But I feel like that's the thing that is why she's the main character. I think in some ways she has more to offer in the long term to sustainable relationships and coordination. Um, And her relationship with the planters is great. Her relationship to her old friends is great. Um, I think she's just, she's come so far and she's like affected the planters, especially Sprig's life in ways that you see the characters change and grow in real time with her as a result of that. And it's like such a beautiful surprise because like, I feel like mostly people go to the show looking for like some funny jokes and there's a lot of funny jokes, but then it's also like very, very emotional when it wants to be. And in a way it kind of feels like a, like Steven universe in that way. Like it can both be like very fun, but also like it can really like play like cry ball with you. If that's like a term, it's going to be a term now. Um, like you, you will cry in the show and it's very unexpected, but it's like wonderful. And it's just so nice that Anne's like able to be just like the genuine teenage girl she is like that. I think that's something I said a lot in the first like full recap season pockets, but like, Anne's just like, she's very much a teenage girl. And that's like a hundred percent of why she's so great in the show. They use that to great effect a lot and lean into that. Um, and it's, it's nice. Cause like, I don't think that's something that many shows talk about. Like, if you have a girl main character, her just like her her inherent teenageness in a very contemporary way is uh, never really talked about as a strength or as a thing that exists at all. I mean, that's very like intrinsic to Anne's character, so it's just like very refreshing to see. Uh, Steven, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So we got the second yeah. half of uh, of that blog, right? This, yeah. this this year, yeah. And this is all about Steven. It's all about yeah. Steven. Steven's go- he's been going through a hard time, and he's still going through a hard time. Um, I I think it makes a lot of sense that he had a breaking point. He he's been the emotional burden carrier for the entire show, and he can't keep doing that. So he need like he ultimately just like starts to turn in on himself because he doesn't know how to reach out for support because he's he's used to being that support in everyone else's life. So to have all of his friends that he made along the way like come together to be that support and to assure him that they will be there for him in the future, um, it makes a lot of sense that that's just what he needs and it gives him the the courage he needs to kind of move forward. And he's going forward alone. I think that's very important too, that he he's so used to his job being one thing and now he understands that it needs to be something else and he's going to find that for himself. He doesn't have it all figured out, but it's just, 
I think a very believable progression for his character. And I think there's like so much, so many people can see of themselves in Steven, both teenage Steven and young Steven, but like especially Steven in Steven Universe Future. And I think it, while it was painful to watch at times, like that pain came with like a recognition, I feel like for a lot of us. And like, in a way, it's like a little therapeutic too to kind of walk through Steven's emotional baggage journey with him. Well, I think it's just nice to have I mean, a character like with Steven, because I mean, everyone, you know, no one's not liked Steven. And yeah. to watch someone that, you know, we care about going through so much like suffering internally, it, it it's hard. And I think it becomes very eye opening as well, like because you just never really know like what's going on on the inside of other yeah. people. And so I think S- Stephen very much like personified that and like, you know, it, the emphasis on the, you know, like you can't do everything alone. You can try and do things alone, but like, it's okay to seek help and to get counseling and things like that. Like, I think that's just such a great message to, to like have out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think Steven concluded, I think, an incredible arc for a character, especially he came on super strong at the end of the run of Steven mm-hmm. Universe, and mm-hmm. he's great in the finale. Um, yeah, we have two two left listed for main character we all agree on. Luz uh, from Owl House, who yes. uh, we, talk, we always talk about Luz. She's a uh, really, really great main character, and, you know, sometimes characters struggle uh, in main character struggle in, like, the first season, but Luz, I think, has been great uh, the whole first season of um, Owl House and, you know, obviously her relationship with uh, Amity, also uh, her relationship with Ida, and yeah, I guess like King as well, like and and her, her friends there, everyone. So yeah, we've we've covered a lot on like the reasons Luz has been um, great in our Owl House podcast, but I definitely think she's uh, deserving as one of the best characters of the year. Um, and then uh, Lake in in uh, Infinity Train book two um, had an arc I think we all like really loved her for uh, like finding her identity, finding her sense of self uh, throughout that season. Um, in sometimes like sometimes happy fashion with Jesse, sometimes very traumatic, violent fashion <laughs> with um, the police. Yes, with the police. Oh my goodness! So, yeah, uh, re- really, really loved uh, Lake throughout that that season. That's that's. I mean, there's been you know two two seasons of them in Finny Training. There's a lot of good picks there. Lake to me is the standout uh, character. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like hard because like if you choose grace or simon i feel like this season's so central to their relationship with each other it's hard to pick just one but with like you really can just pick one because she's yeah. like has I, I, also i love jesse but uh... jesse's there but there's a reason like <laughs> he's definitely more supportive yeah <laughs> like it's, it's definitely like season and it's just yeah. like the the through line of her stuff with her identity and just like deciding who she is herself and like literally having to fight tooth and nail to like just like to get out of a system that is so concerned with placing her in a way that she disagrees with it's just like i'm like shocked that this was made and i'm shocked that it it works so well um and it was like had such an uplifting ending and it just like it worked out but you really bought it that like she she got this for herself um and and jesse helped too and alan dracula was also there but i mean yeah like like it's just such an amazing surprise character yeah really 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 great um and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about finny train later um yeah that's a stacked category uh yeah what lose let's who's the favorites lose lake uh kipo 
Catra, that's already four. Um, mm-hmm. Bojack and Craig, those would be my picks. Um, but there's there's a lot. Uh, yeah, so please nominate Craig. Okay, next up, uh, <laughs> Nom- best uh, <laughs> nominate Bojack. Let him win. Nominate yeah, I think Bojack. Bojack has been nominated for us before. Bojack. He just hasn't won. Someone um, should but, nominate uh, Hop Pop, but maybe he shouldn't win. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, I think you've tried before, yeah. I Hop probably Pop or have. Anne, or Anne. Anne's all, I mean, Hop Pop and Anne also great. Um, and Amphibia. Um, be- best episode this time. Let me let's. I'll go through the list, and then you guys chime in with quick thoughts here. Okay. Um, as we, we've talked about a lot of them already through the characters and shows. Um, but a lot of great episodes this year. Uh, Sympathy for the Mandrill from Kipo. That was my pick from season two. It's the flashback episode of Scarlamane. We talked a lot about Scarlamane's uh, character, but uh, to me, that's always been the Kipo episode. That's just really wowed me. It's um, just very devastating in all the right ways and, and, and complicates Kipo's parents. And just like, again, everything you thought you knew wasn't quite as clear cut as you assumed. And that it was just very well done. And you felt all these things you didn't expect to feel. And it's just, that's what makes it so good. It's a very strong episode. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think so. Um, Enchanting Grom Fright from the Owl House. It's the, the Grom episode. Uh, a lot of great Owl <laughs> yep. House episodes, but this is the one I think is going to stay with us. And uh, the incredible dance uh, with Lumity Dance and uh, just, a, just a very solid episode throughout the entire thing. Um, one of my favorites of the year. Mine too. It's And it's it's very pretty, like mm-hmm. such yes. a like, very well animated episode. The animation on that dance sequence. Yes. Oh, man. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't know why I have it in this order, but next I listed the Patricia device from Solar Opposites. If you listen to our Solar Opposites podcast, this is this is the, uh, the episode we do like a full recap of episode six in the midst of a season recap. I just this is this episode is my happy place for some reason. It's just Aww. so it's just so Aww. funny. It's uh, like a satire of um, like sexism and gender roles. And uh, oh, in, uh, this is your yeah, happy I'm, episode. <laughs> I, it's just very very. Uh, fun. I've watched it a few times and uh, without rewatching all of Solar Opposites, but uh, yeah. Just just really love this episode. I'm not expecting it to get nominated. Just a personal favorite of mine. Um, we have Rick and Morty. Uh, there's a f- we had five episodes of Rick and Morty. There's not not like super consensus on what the best episode is. Vat of Acid episode is the one I've been I've been saying is is really incredible, um, especially with its. Uh, uh it's what like five minute long uh fantasy sequence of uh, going to the wilderness yeah. and uh yeah uh, it's just uh the really we talked about it on the podcast enough but uh really really fun episode Rick and Morty. I, yeah. yeah it's a fun episode yeah. and it has a lot to say too so <laughs> it does have a lot to say yeah yeah, and there's other good ones for Rick and Morty too this season. Uh, we talked about the Ladybug New York special. Um, we had a very long podcast on it, so you can listen to that. USA. But, uh, USA. Oh, okay. That's a f- full full hour from uh, Ladybug and uh, just their their Avengers uh, done in a, a genuinely very good way. It's also gorgeous. Uh, if, if this is the one showing from Ladybug we got this year, I think it's a good one. It might be the best episode of the show. So I think I think it's deserving. Question. Yeah. Do yeah. they go to New York? Is that the they go, point? Yeah, they, they go to New York on a field trip. Oh, yeah. my God. Do they like go to is- the... <laughs> the Empire State Building and the Statue of Liberty. Of course, you yeah, gotta see the, the that. Statue of Liberty. Oh my God. I know that's how we feel, but in a good <laughs> yeah. way. But <laughs> like taking bets, like we're like okay. no, we're yeah, we're like they have to see the Statue of Liberty. We have to explain that the Statue of Liberty came from France. And so it's we like, do all oh that. my yeah. God! Yeah. Yeah. And it's like one of the wild. first things you see when they get to New York too. Oh yeah, it's the yeah, that's the first shot when we get. <laughs> yeah, there. see that amazing. we made that. Yeah, high five. <laughs> Okay, we talked about the Adventure Time Distant Lands. I listed both BMO and Obsidian. I really can't pick. I mean, I'm sure people are going to pick Obsidian, but uh, I think they're both really amazing. 
Assidians <laughs> just got the leg up because it's gay. I mean, I'm sorry, Bimo. You just can't compete with that, but you're you also very compete. good. We don't know. We don't know Bimo's preferences. Uh, you know, I, do I think Bimo's uh, not binary. A, that's true. I was gonna say, Bimo's and a, and, a, and, a, and a child. So I don't think uh, Bimo's still a child. Well, I guess eternal child. Eternal okay. child. Yeah. I mean, same, but also. <laughs> <laughs> Eternal, yeah, okay, we all relate. I mean, we're talking about cartoons, so we all relate. Um, okay, so with both of those from Adventure Time, I think Obsidian could be nominated. Uh, most people talk about the view from halfway down yeah, from Bojack, yes. the second to last episode. I also listed the finale, Nice While It Lasted. Um, they're both they, really good, they go together, yeah. I guess. They're, they're, it's yeah. like a two parter, I think both yeah. are incredible. I'm happy either one. I love the finale, is very talky. I really love that. The second last, the view from halfway down is very like surrealist and stuff. I think that it, it's it's really good too. Um, I think it just depends down's on getting... which one wishes your yeah. preference. Yeah, like, I, I think that's why, like, because I like talky, but I also like the very like surrealist aspect, and so I'm like. Don't make me pick mom and dad, please. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pick. It's fine. Uh, but we'll, uh, the, the patrons will pick one and that'll be on the ballot. But that's really hopefully both, they both pick great. one. <laughs> I think yeah, View from Halfway Down, I think we'll probably get nominated. That's uh, my, my guess. Um, part, part two, the She-Ra finale. Uh, people Woo! also love Save the Cat. Uh, that's another great that's episode. Um, mm-hmm. Heart part two, the, the big kiss, the big uh, epic conclusion. Um, they definitely, I think it's a sta- one of the standout episodes of the year. Does does half feature a plot with uh, Glimmer and her dad, which isn't quite as good as the rest, but uh, it's all the <laughs> Catra. No, I, mean, I know, uh, right? Glimmer stuff. We love Glimmer. Glimmer amazing. Always love Glimmer. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the Catra door stuff at the end, I think, is uh, so incredible. Um, definitely. I think, I think probably this will get nominated too. Um, two amphibia episodes we have listed. I put Marcy at the gates. I love Marcy. This was the half hour Marcy introduction episode. I, I thought it was one of the best episodes of the show. Uh, Michelle, you put Hopping Ball, which is the one with the incredible <laughs> ending, right? I, Hopping Ball doesn't like from the title. It's not like it's anything. No, it has the most sad ending. It's yeah, the most like... sad ending, but it's like, again, it's like it, it built so well on Sprigged Ann's relationship. And also, they just see so much stuff um, that becomes relevant by the end of the episode. And it's just, it's, it's composed to perfect. Perfection. It's just it, it takes you by surprise. They played their hand very well. I'm I was super impressed. It's an amazing episode. Good job, team. Yeah, Woo! that episode's a little weird to me because it's a conventional episode for them, and then the last like two minutes are the most gorgeous yeah! scene ever from Amphibia. Yeah, <laughs> it is is incredible scene though. Yeah, uh, I am really I am on board. Um, I listed Castle Crawl from Glitch Text. Oh, uh, there's yeah. a bunch of Glitch Text. Great. This is the Castlevania type episode. It's just so fun. This episode. Yeah, we talked about it a bunch on the Glitch Text podcast, but um, I, I really love this one uh, from the the show. And there's other really good ones in season two as well. Um, and then I was trying to figure out which Infinity Train episode. I think th- there's a lot, a few you could go. I think the season two finale to me stands out the most, which is the I number think so. card. I think so as well. Like whenever I first like saw that you had listed it, I was like, mm. but then the more that I thought about it, I was like, no, definitely for sure. Like one of the best episodes of the year, um, just because we do have like the conclusion of like Lake's, you know, arc and everything. And um I mean, when I when I think back, like I like season two was just wonderful. And then for her to have like such an amazing conclusion, because I don't think it, it I don't think it went the way anyone thought it was going to. Like, I thought we were like, oh, in passing, like, ha ha ha. But then it like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we, we were like, wait, this is actually happening. And just to like have it like pan out evokes so many emotions. 
Yeah, because like it seemed literally impossible that she could leave. Yeah, she was a passenger. Like we all understood that, and Juan Juan kept saying it over and over. It seemed like it had to be true, but then Lake was just like, "I do not accept this reality," yeah. and that's like was just so like amazing. Like her relentless like sureness of herself is just so refreshing and good. I will say, like, if I were gonna add one more, I would say um, book three, the campfire car. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that is like good one. amazing in a completely different way. But like, it's just. It's out here talking about grieving and loss in a very real way that I feel like, again, like maybe because it's skewed to a slightly older audience, it seems like a lot of times we want to shy away from that stuff and only talk about it in passing. But like mm. it, it was one of the most beautiful things I'd seen in a long time. That yeah. sequence, it, I really love that episode too. Yeah, that's my second pick as well. Um, but number number card though, yeah, I just love the the ending, the happy, gorgeous ending with uh, Lake and, and Jesse, Lake naming herself, and then that yeah. episode also features that uh, that uh, really uh, high high like similar to the dance in uh, in uh, Grom, the uh, like high level animation sequence with yes. uh, Alan Dracula. That's also <laughs> for random too. That's gorgeous too. Yeah, no, that's I, I just love I, I book two. I love it, and I love how it ends. Yeah, so I was gonna my, say, and I yeah. think a lot, a lot of people re- can relate more to the number car than the campfire train, unfortunately. But I think, yeah. So it's so two, two. I think a lot of, uh, yeah, in different ways, yeah. things people um, connect to. Um, but yeah, okay, there you go. There's our picks for best episode, and that leaves us with best show, which we've talked about all of them already. So I don't <laughs> think we need to really get into it. But here's the ones we listed, which mm-hmm. was Kipo, Bojack, Craig, Infinity Train, and Shira. So that's five. So are those our picks for the five best, uh, best of these shows of the year? Are the um, are we? I think those. Are we leaving out like Owl House because yeah, I was wondering about that. Owl House too. That's another one. Um, there's Steven. There's Amphibia. There's Rick and Morty. Right? Like, there's oh, a lot. That's there's, true. Do you, do you want to do Adventure Time from two episodes? Probably not, but maybe. Um, <laughs> I would mean, Ladybug for one episode. I would not do America's Ladybug from one episode, but I would nominate for best episode. Yeah, my my picks for best show. That's Kipo, Bojack, Craig, Infinity Train. Probably Shira. Probably I, Owl House. Maybe. Okay, yeah. if we're gonna include Owl House, I think we include Amphibia too, and it's fine if it doesn't win, but it is also very good show and i think it could be best no i mean i think that's fair very fair it's definitely i mean the only the only hard part is amphibia half half a season i know uh, i'll have a full season but it's i I love this half season from amphibia yeah definitely i think rick and morty only five episodes steven only half a season um we'll see steven steven always steven is one of our award show three out of the four years like the legacy of steven is so strong but shira could give it a run for its money honestly yeah, I think She-Ra could give it a run for its money. Maybe even Infinity Train. Maybe, like, yeah. In- book three. Infin- and Infinity Train, Train was like, very popular like, in our awards book last two year. Yeah. Book three, like, so very- good. yes. Yeah, I, 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 I predict She-Ra and Infinity Train are probably the favorites here to win. Um, but please nominate Craig. Please, I'm gonna put it at the top of my ballot. To make I'll, sure it gets. It is Craig, nev- but Thank also I it's, ne- it's never been nominated before on our on our category for best. I show. feel like um, best supporting character would totally go to Sparkle Cadet though if we put her on there. I feel like she would get voted for. <laughs> People are uh, people love Bobby and our Patreon. Group. Oh I don't know. God! I'm, I'm fine with Sparkle like, Cadet too. It's an ironic too. light. Please don't nominate Hootie. Oh my God, Hootie! But, uh, we should have oh, best companion Hootie. character. Best Hootie versus Swift Win. Swift Win. Yeah. Hootie, Kevin, pick your fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can come up with some others too, but that would be a good one. <laughs> 
Okay, I like that. That's the <laughs> best worst. Best no, I would say best worst character. That yeah, would be best category. worst like, character. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the place for hoodie. Uh, Michelle, looking looking at this group of potential <laughs> of potential shows, what's your what stands out to you out of all the things we've talked about? It stands out how. I don't know. Like, what's your what's your best show pick? Well, looking back on the year, what's your favorite thing or things in oh, terms oh, of best God. show? Okay, honestly, I f- oh man, honestly, I feel like BoJack or Kipo or <laughs> Train. I, like, BoJack has a legacy that I want to see honored and celebrated, so we get more storytelling like that because, like, it it just was so risky and and had such a good payoff in so many ways. In terms of what it was doing. Um, but then, like, Kipo is just all around such a good, like, concise, wonderful story. I think it would deserve to win. Um, and I feel kind of similarly about, like, Infinity Train's book, like, three and two. Like, they're out here telling these stories that, like, a lot of people wouldn't tackle. And they're doing it in a really, like, ambitious, impressive way. I feel like they deserve to be recognized too. So it's like hard. Like I think Kipo's like maybe the most like <sighs> perfect, but I feel like what Bojack and Infinity Train are doing are like maybe more like historically important and significant for the field of animation. So it's really a toss up for me, honestly. Nice. Yeah, definitely hard to, to pick just one regardless of the criteria. April, what about you? What stands out the most? Um... I I agree with Michelle about BoJack just because like I I I'm definitely one of those people who would who will say BoJack is one of like the greatest shows ever created um just because it you know it takes a lot of risks and there's you know I I it needs more recognition like just because of how incredibly done it it, it is yeah it was hard to it's hard to get into because of how the humor and just Bojack in general, but it's still such a, it was such an incredible ride. Um, Infinity train is literally an incredible ride. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's another show that like, I, I feel like I'm constantly like preaching to, I'm like, you need to watch infinity train. You need to watch it because it's, it's taking more of a risk in terms of the content that it's like putting out like Owl House is a great show like don't get me wrong but Owl House feels safe whereas like Infinity Train makes me feel um it (laughs) it makes Mm. me feel deeper if that kind of makes sense um so I I I definitely want I want you know Infinity Train and Bojack to get the recognition that I feel that they deserve for sure um and for mar- like miraculous ladybug to only put out one episode this year that needs <laughs> special like i'm not yeah. even kidding april's you. voting ladybug I'm, I'm still shook over it like i i watched it again and i was yes. like like it really like like i know that like ladybug kind of has a rep with us you know it's very goofy um and you know we're we're very goofy about it but this New York special was, it was something else. It was on like a whole nother level. Like I, like Dylan will, you know, Dylan will say like, oh, it's like the best episode of Ladybug. But it it truly is like, like so much work went into it. I mean, so much work goes into the show already. Uh, too much work. They need to figure their lives out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but really like, like, 
it's like hard because it, you want like if someone were to be like, oh, like what's the best episode of Ladybug? Like, what would you recommend to like a first time viewer? I would I would want to be like, you need to watch the New York special, but I yeah, can't. you could just watch this. Yeah, yeah but like at the same time, like you can't say that because like it it took the the seasons up to it to make it that amazing. So. Yeah, no, I, I like this this uh, ladybug love at the end too. It's good. Yeah, thing. Uh, and it's yeah. having uh, like a true. Well, I, I mean, all of my love for ladybug is always genuine. But like, this is like me sitting down, being serious. I hope you guys all noted I didn't mention hawk moth once, except right now. Ignore yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, you know. So I like. It's it's hard to make a pitch for something that was so incredible when the context around it is generally very goofy and silly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and then this was one of the more serious, I think, uh, entries from Ladybug too. So yeah. I think that helps. Um, but yeah, I love, love that from Lady. Yeah, I think I think uh, Kipo and Craig are my picks for the best shows of the year in general. Um, so. Uh, but other, these other shows we're talking about right there, right behind them. So it, it, it's tough. Probably like Craig and Owl House, maybe the ones I personally like the most. I mean, Ladybug, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, yeah, like I, I mean, said, I was just like, like Bojack and Infinity Train, like Owl House is like, yeah, it's great. But I like four years. It's just at the beginning. Whereas like Bojack. Look, that, that has not stopped uh, our voters before I know, from nominating I, the same shows. I think Okay, it's gonna be another year, Steven. You guys. (laughs) No, I mean, look. No, I I mean, look. I do think the yeah second half of of Steven that we got this year. I think it was very good. Um, Personally, I would think there's we should at very least a best show. I think there's six slots to allocate elsewhere. Um, Also, I will say Hilda has not yet aired its season two. I think that is potentially likely. So we have the five listed here: Kipo, Bojack, Craig, and Finny Train Cheer. I think Hilda might be the sixth in terms of most deserving, it, but we haven't seen it, so we don't know. But that's my—it's a it potential. Could be addition. terrible. We it don't know yet. Be. Uh, but uh, people love, yeah. I mean, Hilda season one was so notable and great. So that, and that is what we're covering next week, next uh, podcast in Yay. two weeks. Uh, Hilda season two. So we're looking forward to talking about that to wrap up our talk, our discussion on the. Best of the year, you can leave us comments uh, on uh, any of what you thought is the best of the year. And if you want to contribute to voting for nominations, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash overly animated uh, to any level of patron. You can vote for nominations. It will be an open vote, half for the voting for the winners. So if you're not, you can wait for the winner's vote. Half is determined by patron vote. All of that is at uh, uh, overly animated patreon.com slash overly animated and i want to give a shout out to all of our patrons especially our patron the podcast julie and yeah. thanks to our patron executive producers ryan steve uh beatrice hugh michael needle and phonician um so this was a lot of fun we had a lot to get into uh and ho- probably a little bit less next week now that we've covered a lot of shows but uh we'll be back talking about hilda season two on the next podcast so we will see you all then Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.